2: because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store or online.
3: Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Happy
0: Father's Day to all the dads, granddads, godfathers, those who act like dads, those who serve like dads, and everyone in between. Welcome aboard. It is going to be a crazy day. And if you don't believe me, just ask Nick Bob because he knows exactly what I am talking about. <laughs> we have had some crazy weekends, whether it be through the NCAA tournament, you know, Tiger winning the Masters. This. Father's Day has absolutely everything, Nick, because we're coming off of an NBA Finals. We're in the midst of a U.S. Open where someone like Brooks Kepka is looking to win it for the third straight time. We've got an NBA draft just a few days away where one of those transcendent players is likely to be picked the top of it. The Raptors are world champs. Oh, and then the trade that shook up the NBA world happened less than 24 hours ago.
4: Crazy. It, it, it is. And we should be. This is kind of. Now, I know free agency in July 1st and all that stuff is kind of taking on a life of its own, but this is kind of the time on the sports calendar that's kind of like sports purgatory, like where people, you know, people go on vacations and people check out, like. There's a ton to talk about today. I mean, a ton. So I'm pumped. Can I say this too? How much more enjoyable is it? And I know you were at the U.S. Open with with uh with with the Gottlieb Show and all that. But having played the course and then watch the guys play the course is gives like a layer of appreciation and enjoyment to watching a a, a major golf tournament that is. Pretty cool. It, it really is.
0: It's one of those things where it is so surreal to say, okay, I had this shot. I know what that person is facing. And you really can't do that in any other sport. No. I, no there's, there, You're not going onto the court at Staples Center to shoot free throws. <laughs> you're not going to Fenway Park to you know, step in the batter's box and try to put one over the green monster. Yeah, it's not happening. In golf, you can do that. For as great it is for the players who have played or the people who have played Pebble – I think it's the exact opposite for those who haven't that have to sit with those players because Ryan Music, our executive producer of the Doug Gottlieb Show, walked with me, and all day Thursday and Friday, I was like, all right, I I hit this here, this is where my (laughs) tee shot went. Every single hole, and even when I knew that, I'm like, Dan, just shut up about your round. We would be at a hole for about five minutes, and I would be like, Okay, this is where my tee shot went and yes. then I hit my second shot there. Yes, it was so it was nonstop. But yeah, there was something that you could definitely relate. And that's with anything. Like of any PGA tour event that is played on a on a public course, whether it be a major like the US Open or you know, I even think of going to the Quad Cities in and playing where the John Deere Classic is doing, you know something like that. When you're watching on TV, it's always great. We go down to Tory Pines every year uh, for the uh, for the Farmers Insurance Open, and being able to see these shots that you have on the South Course, it's great when you're able to play those courses.
4: Yeah, you got to take advantage. That's, I mean, come on. You, I, I'd have been disappointed if you kept all that stuff to yourself yeah. as you're walking <laughs> on the course. That's why you do it. It's like even if the book isn't better than the movie, if you're with someone and a topic on like for every game of thrones person like you know the books are way better than the <laughs> than the actual tv show like uh. the whole reason you read a book people is just in case it gets made into a movie and then you get to be the pretentious jerk that says well you know the book was way better than the movie you're gonna be that guy that says well you know on on hole seven i hit my t-ball over here like come on you need to embrace it dan you need to embrace your situation i
0: i joked we had rich Lerner on thursday and as rich was leaving we were talking about the course and i said yeah, I got a 9-on-18. He goes, yeah, isn't that awful? I go, yeah, especially because I didn't put one in the water. He goes, you didn't put one in the water? <laughs> uh, you know? Like, yes. I just assumed that i uh, like, no, the, the rough was really thick, and I it's may thick. have sculled a couple of, you know, bunker shots. Rich, please get off my case.
4: Oh, it does look, hey, that rough looks like it is no... Yeah, that's yeah,
0: gnarly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that is, that's why you've seen some shanks this week as well. Yes. And uh, that that's where a few of mine were. All right, winners and losers of this Anthony Davis Let's trade. Go. Yeah. Let's go. I, this is who I really... When the trade goes down, this is who I thought like was the happiest. And it was Rob Polinka. Not, not the Lakers, not LeBron James, but it's Rob Palenka of doing this deal because... He got it done. I'm not saying he deserves the credit, but I am saying that he is the one that feels like the winner in all of this because he got it done. Maybe truly the winner is Rich Paul. Maybe truly the winner is Anthony Davis because he's out of New Orleans. I thought, Nick, that the real winner in all of this was Rob Palenka, who can say, look, I got this done and Magic Johnson's no longer here. This thing stalled earlier. I got this done to move us forward. I thought Rob Palenka was actually the biggest winner of this AD trade.
4: Yeah, I, 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 agree. I think kind of anyone associated with the Lakers organization – uh, or, of course, Rich Paul, who, you know, I mean, it was, it's at at some point his plan of publicly saying AD wants out, AD's not going to sign here, 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 here. That was almost not necessarily seeming like it was backfiring, but it wasn't really working. You mm-hmm. know, it just crushed chemistry for the Lakers season, which hurt his other client and best friend, LeBron James, uh, because LeBron's the other guy I thinks the big winner in this thing. And I know that's kind of stating the obvious, but at the end of the day, This thing, let's be honest, this Laker thing so far has kind of been a disaster for LeBron. And the next four, five, six weeks, we're going to shape things even more. If this thing was going to be like an all-time type of a disaster, like the type of thing where you literally start to question, well, what does the next couple of years look like for LeBron James? If If the Anthony Davis trade doesn't happen and no free agents come during this free agency period in July... Oh boy! I mean it, that that was uh, on the brink of being really, really bad. So I thought I think LeBron's a big winner in this is, thing too.
0: Is it there a way though that you could say this puts more pressure on LeBron because if yeah, it doesn't absolutely. work, like there is, I know Anthony no Davis. excuse. Yeah,
4: exactly. Like it still falls on his shoulders. Yep, to- totally agree. I mean, there is no there is no excuse now. I mean, it, this is uh, this is kind of. The guy that clearly was targeted from the jump. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know what's happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes. You know, I mean, I, I think it was, there was a, a conversation was like, who do you want? And LeBron pointed at Anthony Davis. And so he got his guy. You got a second superstar. And then not to mention, not only, I mean, let's let's zoom out for a second. No Kevin Durant next year. And no Clay Thompson for a good portion of the season. Like, so the big bad bully on the block is kind of been punched in the gut yeah. and might not ever be the same and you got your running mate so there's no question that the pressure shifts on to LeBron big
0: time i think that the loser in this was the western conference because we did think it was it was wide open i'm I, i'm saying this not Thinking that the Lakers are the top team, that they are the best team in the West. There's a lot to still to happen, whether it be in the draft and free agency, and the in for the Lakers to just fill out their team, yeah, period. fill out a roster. Like there's <laughs> I mean- that, but with the Warriors having the injuries that they had. It seemed that it was wide open, like, like like absolutely wide open. And that's an issue we'll get to later. That is an issue for the NBA. This now puts a target on the back of the Lakers, but also allows for a for a maybe a, a dominant team to reappear and not just yeah. a a pretty good. Like if you're Denver or if you're Portland and. And you're having that issue of of getting past those good teams or those great teams, really. This would have been their opportunity in the in, in next season, and now you actually have a so, a, a bigger team or a a must watch, must see Marquee team that could put the
4: pieces together to be dominant in the Western Conference. Totally great. I wrote down yeah. Portland and Denver. Yeah, <laughs> So I thought those are the two teams that probably thought to themselves, "Oh my goodness." is the door kind of cracked open at the top of the Western Conference right now, and that door stayed cracked open for all of, like, 72 yeah. hours. <laughs> and, and, and now, all of a sudden, the AD trade goes down. So I, I totally agree. I think there are the, a handful of those teams that are kind of those second-tier teams, like really good, you know, Portland, Denver, those teams are good teams, uh, but they, they always kind of feel like there's that, that I don't want to call it, like an insurmountable hurdle, but it almost feels like that sometimes. And if the if if the eighty trade doesn't happen, and and then knowing the injuries with Durant and and Klay Thompson, those teams had to feel like they had a really good opportunity that now is shifts dramatically. What about the Celtics
0: and all this? Because I think that they're the other the other loser. I, I've I've tried to say over the last six months or so with Boston of. I, I give Danny Ainge credit for the team that he built, but that title is more that they won is more than 10 years ago. That yeah. NBA Finals appearance where they lost to the Lakers in seven games, that's in 2010. We're a- about to enter 2020 in six or seven months. That's 10 years ago. So when you're looking at what the Celtics have done and what they haven't done, and maybe it wasn't in the cards for them to keep Anthony Davis anyway if they were to do a deal. Just the way that this offseason looks like it's going with Kyrie opting out, I thought that the Celtics
4: were a loser as well. Yeah, I mean let's be honest, that's the thing you bring up Kyrie. I mean, it, you it's easy to judge things after the fact, right? I mean, but uh, cuz I still think if 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 Danny Ainge could do it all over again, he would do the Kyrie trade again. I mean, it felt like it was the right move, but it didn't work. You know, I mean it, it, it's Kyrie came in, crushed chemistry, the team took a step back and now Kyrie's going to leave but you still felt like you had some of these potential assets to I always felt like the the long-term play was Anthony Davis for the Boston Celtics. That was always the 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 way down the road target for them and with Kyrie not working and then Rich Paul and, and making it really known that he is not going to resign with uh, or signed long-term with Boston, you got to be impressed a little with Danny Ainge kind of saying, okay, not getting swept up and seduced by what happened with Oklahoma City and Paul George or with Toronto and Kawhi Leonard and say, all right, we're going to take this guy at his word and we'll stand pat with the young core that we have and continue to try to build this thing up. But I totally agree. I don't know how you don't feel like Boston isn't kind of a, a loser with all this, not only with this trade, but just kind of the way the last uh, you know year and a half yeah. has kind of played out.
0: And, and, and I will say this, I don't think that they're losers by any means, but I I do feel bad for Lonzo Ball and really I feel bad for a guy like Josh Hart because mm-hmm. there are guys who have made NBA careers carving out their roles with marquee teams that will you'll always remember those guys of the of this player playing on that team. And I specifically will look at someone like, you know, a John Paxson or a Steve Kerr guys who had the opportunities to hit shots for the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. and end up winning NBA championships because of those shots. And now when you look at the opportunities of those guys, to be to be a Lakers pretty cool. It to really be a Celtics is. pretty cool. And to have an opportunity to be like hey, I started my career there. I'm I've, you know, Josh Hart had a decent season to not have the ability to continue your career and carve out that sort of career in that market I'm not saying things are going to be bad in New Orleans but I do think that you can have you could have quite an interesting career being a unique role player with marquee teams that will give you a life that you had never dreamed of and I feel that 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 someone like Josh Hart is losing that because now the Lakers have moved him out.
4: Yeah, because I think Lonzo Lonzo's ceiling is probably higher than Josh Hart's not probably is higher than Josh Hart's but you're right like Josh Hart's best case scenario for his career was to become one of those kinds of guys. And and it's kind of unfortunate that over the course of the last year, they've been rendered to just almost like pawns in yeah, just yeah. trade packages, you know? But I'd imagine for them, at least they have some clarity now. You know, like I bet for them, they're kind of like, they're, I'm sure they're frustrated, but at least they know... Okay. All right. At least I know what things are going to look like here for the foreseeable future rather than just kind of having to refresh Woj's Twitter account and figure out what package they're in now. He's Nick Ba.
0: I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Find Nick on Twitter, at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. And again, a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. U.S. Open is well underway on Fox. In fact, the leaders are about to tee off in about 20 minutes or so. Bottom of the hour, Gary Woodland and Justin Rose in that final pairing. Woodland at 11 under, Rose at 10 under par. Francesco Molinari right now, uh, the round of the day, four under par through eight holes. He is five shots back of the lead. Currently in a tie for six with Rory Mack. McElroy, who has just teed off, we'll get more from Ralph Irvin on the U.S. Open coming up at the bottom of the hour. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and FoxSportsRadio.com. But coming up next, why the Lakers Pelicans trade resembles a very popular movie. We'll tell you what movie that is and why so next here on Fox Sports Sunday.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought...
2: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
0: Walking. He has just teed off the first hole in the final round of the U.S. Open. I'm laughing at my own joke. He's at seven (laughs) under par, four shots back, and Gary Woodland who's going to tee off in 10 minutes. Louis, who stays a birdie on the... Par four first hole, so he has got it to eight under. He is now within three of the lead. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byers. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. If you want to reach me on Twitter, I'm at Dan Byers on Fox. And if you want to reach Nick, just get him at Nick Ba. That's B A H E.
4: So Dan, it's interesting how sometimes just one person or one thing can change the complexion of how you view something like i'm sure we've all experienced this you ever have like a there's a a social event or a party and you get invited to it and you know at first brush initially like i'm not going to that and then you find out hey hey bill's coming you're like oh bill's gonna be there Hey, okay, well yeah, I, yeah. I guess I,
0: I I'm will come to that. In fact, we had a neighborhood grill out last year and we found out that the neighbors two houses down weren't gonna go unless the neighbors next door were going to our house. <laughs> so we got the we got the we got the yes. you know the, the short end of that stick. But, but everybody ended up coming. The party was better.
4: But but right you sometimes you're like, Well, I'll go if you go. Or yep. you know, that old stuff. You'll find out if someone else is there, you'll go. We've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it even happens in Hollywood and let me give you an example here when you get one actor one a-list actor committed to a film how that film is viewed by the rest of the acting world totally changes think of a movie like oceans 11 well it all starts with with one person committing you get george clooney committed to it that makes it way easier to go well hey hey brad pitt how are you yeah hey george is in oh george is in Oh well i'm in and then you call up matt damon and say hey matt how are you hey yeah ocean's 11 hey brad pitt's in george clooney's in it's like oh gosh okay well well i'm in point is one guy entering into an equation can totally change how everything looks which brings me to the los angeles lakers They've been kind of the rimshot joke, dumpster fire organization, in the news for all the wrong reasons. So much so that Woj reported that most, if not all, top free agents didn't have the Lakers as a top priority. But in my opinion now, with this Anthony Davis trade and landing Anthony Davis and getting him in the the fold the the complexion of the Los Angeles Lakers completely changes and all of a sudden you got LeBron and Anthony Davis all of a sudden now they're the favorite to win the title in the eyes of Vegas. I think this trade changes everything for the Lakers both internally and externally. Now, is this a we believe that we want to be a part of this is
0: that's the thing of where wouldn't LeBron just be enough? Or, or apparently or does it, it wasn't. That, like, yeah, that, like that's now maybe it, you're saying Anthony Davis is the is the difference with this of now like well if Anthony Davis
4: believes or wants to be there then this is how it works. Yeah, I think I think with it, not only that and I just think his arrival changes how everything i mean i think i think there was kind of a a feel of you were jumping onto it or jumping into a bad situation and sometimes all it takes is one person to be Mm -hmm. willing to hop on board with that and the situation all of a sudden doesn't look quite as bad i'm with you i mean for me it's kind of crazy to think that you you know it's almost like you got you you got this A less actor in the fold and you need this B less actor and you're like oh well then now I'm good but I, I would you would think LeBron would be enough I just think now I mean you tell me like are the yeah. Lakers viewed differently today than they yeah. were 24 I, hours
0: ago I, I do think so and I and, but what I find funny is how they're viewed is we take that young core that young core was the problem with the Lakers or considered may, maybe it wasn't just Rondo and Lance Stevenson as the the issues around LeBron. It was okay. What if Lonzo is healthy? What does he do? Uh, it, how good is Brandon Ingram? Really, is he really valued as the number two overall pick? Now we move them to the Pelicans and we say, nice young core. Like like that to me. Like that that changed. I will say this with the with the Lakers on this point. At least they have a plan. Yes. And it may be a very easy plan where there's not a lot of work, but I know that that, that at least their plan of Anthony Davis wants to be here long term, we'll give up, give up this to get that. They didn't lose out on Paul George this time, and I use Paul George in air quotes because the Paul George is obviously Anthony Davis. They were able to do the trade to bring him in, and now he's likely not out of the fold. And if he signs a long-term extension, then that is their plan. The other options in the NBA, I don't know who's plan. I don't even know what the Warriors' plan is. Right. So at yes. least with the Lakers in that aspect of, all right, I see what they are going to do. It is going to be a LeBron and AD sort of thing. Whether that works or not, again, is is a complete separate story. But at least the, the Lakers have a plan, and I'm not sure of the top teams in the NBA I'm not sure if the Warriors have a plan right now. I'm not sure if the Celtics have a plan right now. I'm not sure if the, if the Knicks have a plan, even though they're not one of the top teams. They're at least expected to be active. I don't know what those plans are.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're a free agent, you look around the, the NBA and you can make a case. And it's just amazing how much things can change in 24, 48 mm-hmm. hours. That the Lakers situation all of a sudden looks like the most uh, clear, I guess, is a way you could put it. And that's something. I mean, people... Nothing will scare away people more like uncertainty. Uncertainty and drama are repellent for people to want to even get involved. And all of a sudden now, the uncertainty feels way different because now Anthony Davis is going to sign long-term. LeBron's already locked in. So for sure, at least right now, you know what the next three to four years are going to look like. You're going to have Anthony Davis. You're going to have LeBron James. And then, you know, with the... Your, your point about the young core, you know, Ingram and Lonzo and Hart and those guys, don't you think that's all a matter of perspective relative, relative to, like, the goal of what you want and your timeline? Like, if we're talking about winning a title right now, then I'd rather have Anthony Davis than those young guys. But if we're talking mm-hmm. about building towards the future and building something, then I like those guys. Does yes.
0: that make sense? Yes, and I also think this, that we have to stop, and I was guilty of it because of what I just said, But we have to stop considering those guys, and I'm using Ingram and Lonzo in this case, as number 2 overall selections. Because if you do that, they will continue to be a disappointment. If you take what they are and use them as the team, as you say now, NBA veteran, you know, like three-year NBA vet, and you realize what he can produce for that team, for that Pelicans team, I think that there's there's a lot more to that. But I think we have to stop looking at where they were in the draft. It's I, I, I bring a lot of things back to fantasy football because we all play fantasy yep. football and we love it. When you take a first-round pick, his value as a first-round pick is done the first snap of week one because there are a lot of different things that can happen. Maybe he keeps his value, maybe it goes up, maybe it goes down. Just like you know, driving a car off, off of a car lot, the value changes, especially no with a new car. With Lonzo Ball, we keep on looking at him as... Ah, he's the number two overall pick, Brandon Ingram. Ah, second overall pick. When's he going to live up to it? At what point do you shed that and just become NBA player and realize that you're serviceable or that your your role within that team fits instead of being a
4: disappointment? Isn't it so interesting, the psychology of that, where it's like if I sit down and have a Ruth Chris steak, I have a certain expectation for that first bite. But if I sit down and have an Applebee's steak, I have a certain expectation for that first bite, yes. and you know, and, and and that's how how it goes. And and really, that's a, that's more on you than it is anything else. And the, the one thing I was thinking about because I know we got to get to our to our what's trending here, but uh, in spite of all the horrific, terrible things that the Lakers have done from an organizational standpoint over the course of the last five, six, seven years, the one thing they've done which could you could argue could save the trajectory of the franchise here is they have drafted awesome. I mean, Lonzo Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, Russell are all D'Angelo Russell, all pretty good draft picks that if they I mean, Dan, if they whiff on Lonzo Hart and Ingram, they're not they're probably not able to get this trade done. And all of a sudden now you're 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 kind of stuck if you're the if you're the Lakers. So the one thing they've done well is draft and it's pretty remarkable that that could be end up what what kind of saves things to complete this Anthony Davis trade. The future of
0: the Lakers is a little bit more known now than it was maybe a week ago, but the deal still hasn't been finalized. Will need to be finalized. Likely July 6th, but there are some salary implications. We'll dive into those in a bit. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, we'll tell you what is happening with the Lakers and how the trade of Davis could have an effect on when it actually goes down and why it may not be official. We'll tell you that and all about that after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's happening on this
8: Father's Day at Pebble Beach. Hello, Ralph. Hello, Dan. And, yes, they are... Getting started with the final group at Pebble Beach. Justin Rose actually on the tee as I speak. He sits at 10 under par, one shot behind Gary Woodland, who is the leader at minus 11. Louis Oosthuizen three shots back as he birdies the first hole. So is Brooks Kepka. He birdied the first hole, both sitting at eight under par. Again, three shots behind the leader, Gary Woodland. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The Yankees get four RBI each from Brett Gardner and Austin Romine. They finished off the White Sox 10-3. Teoscar Hernandez two home runs, four RBI for Toronto. A 12-0 shutout of Houston with that final end meanwhile Boston puts five runs across the plate in the top of the 10th. They lead at Baltimore now 8-3, headed to the bottom of the 10th inning. Kansas City holding on to an 8-3 lead at Minnesota. They're in the 8th inning. Cincinnati crushing Texas 11-3. They are in the 7th. And Colorado, a 10-8 lead over San Diego in the 6th. But they've put up warnings that the upper deck should clear due to weather. That's not a good sign there. Milwaukee gets an RBI double from Christian Yelich in the 4th. They have a a 3-2 lead on the Giants. Now, we'll be back to Dan and Nick in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot.
6: One exception being an airborne car seen it covered it talk to farmers we
9: are farmers bum, 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 bum. underwritten by farmers truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates
8: products not available in every state saturday was dominated by nba trade news but what does it mean to the cap we'll find out with dan Byer and nick Ball.
0: thank you very much ralph it is fox sports sunday our good buddy eric pincus joins us he's of course the lead laker writer for Bleacher Report and Capologist for Basketball Insiders. And you'll see Eric every now and then on NBA TV. Eric Pincus, happy Father's Day to you. Thanks so much for taking time out on this busy weekend.
10: Of course. Happy Father's Day. Thanks for
0: having me on. Hey, so clear this up. Now, the, trade, the trade's the trade been agreed upon, but we know that it can't happen until July 6th. But it, what are the salary implications that this deal may maybe need a month to be finalized if it was to benefit the Lakers, Correct. Right. Well, to just make the
10: deal, it it can be done on sixth, no problem. Uh, The Lakers end up with, I don't want, let's just say 25-ish million in spending power, 27 in that range. Depends on, Anthony Davis has a trade bonus he can get. He can waive it. Uh, The Lakers would get to a point where maybe they could sign, say, D'Angelo Russell. So you could have, you trade for Anthony Davis, you sign D'Angelo Russell, and then everybody else you sign is pretty much minimums, more or less. That's one path. But if they delay it for a month, the Lakers signed their draft pick. Okay. That's number four. Then they trade that pick. This is what happened with Andrew Wiggins and Kevin Love some years back, wait a month and then trade him. They would be able to first sign someone like Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler to their max. And then after these 30 days, make a trade for Anthony Davis. And the benefit obviously there is you can add another superstar and have a three max team and, and potentially steamroll the West. But, uh, the Pelicans have to agree to that, right? That's a, that's a wait, right? They want to get their draft pick in. Uh, they want to get him in Summer League. Or there's some rumor that the Pelicans might actually be looking to trade that pick. So if you're trying to trade it, whoever they're trying to trade it with is going to want to have that player immediately, not in a month. So these are the kind of issues you would think would have been resolved uh, by Rob Pelinka and, and David Griffin upon agreeing to the trade. Uh, but I haven't gotten anyone who – any. no one has said this has been agreed to. Everyone who I've talked to, uh, be it in the media or behind the scenes, no one seems to think there's a delay that's been agreed to.
4: So, Eric, in your opinion, was it the right move for the Lakers to do the deal now?
10: I mean, ultimately, getting Anthony Davis is getting the, you know, one of the best players in the league. Adding that player to LeBron, LeBron – the Lakers needed this more than anybody else, right? Like, you've got LeBron – uh, the first year was a disaster, in, in part because he got hurt, but also it was never a team that was really expected to be uh, elite. I mean, they, they were supposed to make the playoffs, and maybe LeBron can carry you, but he'd probably lose to the Warriors or maybe the Rockets, maybe the Nuggets or something like that. Now you've got Anthony Davis. You've got uh, the Warriors out of the picture with Kevin Durant hurt uh, and with Clay hurt. And I, I would put money on, you know, if I'm, if I'm a betting man on the Lakers with just those two players, uh, LeBron and AD over the Rockets and over the other teams. Obviously, the Rockets are still dangerous, uh, but assuming the Lakers can flesh out their team, they've got Kyle Kuzma, and they potentially have the room for one more max guy. Even if it's a DeAngelo Russell max, and if it's not, then they can get get some really good role players, get two or three guys, and you can even argue that's a better way. Now they gave up a ton of future draft considerations, and, and that's okay. I mean, the Lakers are. They're clearly in the win-now business. They traded away all their kids. All of the Kuzma, they're all gone. They've spent five, six years collecting kids, young players. Every single one of them is gone but Kyle. So uh, this was the right deal. I don't think it was a great I think the Lakers were bidding against themselves, and I think they overpaid based on that. But it was a deal they needed to make, and they got it done.
0: Eric Pink is joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. You touched on it there that the Lakers are going to have a decision I feel one way about this, that I I don't think that we are in the Big Three era anymore. I I look at what Toronto did. I even look at what happened to the Warriors when they lost 66% of their Big Three late in Game game 6 the other night. Are the Lakers better off going to that Big Three route, or do you think it would serve them better to fill out that roster?
10: I mean, let's say Kawhi decided to come. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and David Griffin was willing to wait 30 days, then I, I, I can't go with uh, you're better off with, like, Brooke Lopez and, uh, you know, uh, Danny Green sure. and Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? It, 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 basketball's a, a different sport than a lot of sports in that, uh, like, two 50-cent pieces don't make a dollar. Like, four quarters don't make a dollar. Ten dimes don't make a dollar. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe there's there's probably four or five guys in the league that really can completely carry you. And then there's probably a good dozen or so that are are on the verge of that or on the cusp of that who can really make an impact. And if you get two of those guys, you might be able to compete with with the big guys. But the Lakers haven't had anyone like that uh, for a long time. And then they finally got LeBron, and he didn't stay healthy. Uh, and and I, I really thought they were, you know, they were in third place or fourth place when when he got hurt. So it, it goes to show you what a difference I mean, it can make. Obviously, you need to have a great team. It's up at this point to Rob Palinka whether he gets into the star or not to do a great job in, in filling out the roster, and they won't have a lot of money to do so if they get another star. Uh, if they don't, then yeah. I mean, in a sense, they'll have a better, quote, team. But you don't always work with the better team. Sometimes just work with the best, best individual talents.
4: Eric, in your opinion, if let's say Rob Palenka and the Lakers go the max route and go try to g- get, a, get a star. Who, give me I've heard you mention D'Angelo Russell a few times. Like, What's the most likely scenario here in terms of who that guy could be?
10: Well, it, this is where we go back to: Is the AD deal uh, delayed by a month? Uh, does David Griffin work with them? The, the Lakers can get around with that around that delay uh, by including guys like Isaac Bonga and Mo Wagner. Those are last year draft picks. Um, there, there are some ways around it, and they could make a deal. But if the Pelicans aren't willing to allow for more players in that deal, then the Lakers are kind of stuck where they can't go after. Kyrie, I mean, if LeBron can convince Kyrie to come, uh, Campbell Walker, obviously Kawhi, uh, Jimmy Butler, I think, is a a decent fallback plan. You could debate, are you better off going with a bunch of vets or better off going with Jimmy Butler in this situation? Uh, That's something that we can debate. But ultimately, the realistic thing is that David Griffin doesn't work with them, and they yeah. look and see. And, and maybe D'Angelo wrestles the answer, but the Lakers, pretty, they dogged him out pretty badly, but maybe they can blame that on Matt Johnson. And I'm not saying that the Lakers even want D'Angelo. I'm just saying there's a chance that if Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, there's some reports that they may let D'Angelo go free. And he's a restricted free agent, but they may let him be unrestricted. Maybe that changes things. But beyond that, it becomes just find the best shooters and defenders that you can find. There are guys out there like Nikola Vucevic or DeAndre Jordan or even Javale McGee, who they had last year, who could play center. Definitely need a point guard. I mean, they they don't have much on the roster, right? I mean, it's it's basically Kuzma, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and that's it. So, you know, they got a lot a lot of pieces to add.
0: Eric, I want to wrap up with this. Eric Pincus joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday because I want to move this ahead, but we're going to do so by looking back because we are talking about D'Angelo Russell. Was the real reason. D'Angelo Russell dealt solely because of Mazgoff's contract? Was that like it? There's (laughs) so much of of the swaggy pee, the video, the immaturity, but I was just, I always felt in my heart of hearts that it was to get that money off the books and Russell was the casualty of it. Was that the case with the Lakers?
10: Well, I mean, the Lakers have traded every kid, as we said, but Kuzma. So whether D'Angelo did something right or did something wrong, it doesn't explain where the rest of the kids are. Yeah, I mean?
8: yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, at so, least with his return. Like, like his right. return would, would be maybe more likely because of the situations, not because of Burnt right. Bridges. Well,
10: So what happened back then, and I've spoken to D'Angelo personally about this, and in his, from his point of view, he knew nothing about this video and how it got out. He didn't even think, he thought it was deleted. It, it is what it is. I personally believe that he didn't put it out there, that someone else got into his stuff and put it out there. Nonetheless, it happened. Then Magic came in, and Magic is, is an older school guy. And is a very sensitive, modern... You, you can't treat D'Angelo with old-school values and expect a very sensitive young man, uh, you know, not criticizing him. I'm mean, just saying, a lot of, a lot of the players in this era don't relate to that old-school, just-man-up-and-put-your-big-boy-pants and, and mentality. And I, I agree with that. I mean, I coach... my. Kids, youth team, and I don't treat them that way. You know, I treat them. I communicate with them and and try to teach them why we're doing things instead of just ordering them to do things. And then also, uh, you know, they had uh, Lonzo Ball coming in, and maybe they thought that opening up that position would help. Personally, I would have loved to see D'Angelo and Lonzo play together. I think they'd be a great backcourt together because where D'Angelo is strong uh, in shooting and creating, Lonzo. Lonzo can't create from stuff like D'Angelo can. So it's all water under the bridge, and could it all be amended and D'Angelo come back? I've, I've heard that it's a possibility. Is it a likelihood? I wouldn't say it's a likelihood, but it's something to at least keep an eye on.
0: He's Eric Pincus, our good friend who's kind enough to join us on his Father's Day that he's probably celebrating with his family. I know the Lakers take it over. We appreciate it, Eric, and uh, we'll do it again soon.
10: Awesome,
0: guys. Thanks for having me. Find him on Twitter, at Eric Pincus. Of course, Lakers writer for lead Lakers writer for Bleacher Report, capologist for Basketball Insiders, and also see him on NBA TV. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Yeah, it was a bad week for Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard made it much, much worse. We'll tell you why next here on Fox Sports
1: Sunday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: Hi, checking in for...
1: Or the perfect table.
2: Hey, where are
1: you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
6: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and
10: luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chompocasino.com.
2: or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
6: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
9: Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: Fox Sports Sunday, he's Nick Baugh, I'm Dan Bayer. now a tied leaderboard, Justin Rose and Gary Woodland, both at 11 under par at the U.S. Open that you can see on Fox right now. Brooks Kepka is three shots back, did birdie his first hole of the day, he's tied with Louie in for third place, but Gary Woodland does have a look at birdie. You and Gary Woodland ever crossed paths at Kansas?
4: Yeah, I, I, I knew him like a guy you would see on campus. We weren't like close to him or anything yeah. like that. But I definitely remember seeing him uh, walking around, well, knew he was a golfer. But, I mean, this is pretty crazy. Let's be honest. Nick was cooler than Gary Woodland was at Kansas. <laughs> Nick played hoops.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yeah, Listen, I, there's – I suppose. A, a, you know – Props to the Kansas golf team, but Nick was a hoopster. So he yeah. was cooler in Lawrence.
4: It, I'm telling you, every you uh, you know, they had those like posters of the schedule and then everybody on the roster, their individual headshots, and they were plastered on every grocery store, every gas station in Lawrence, Kansas. So uh yeah, people got to got to at least go, I know that white guy. He looks like someone. I don't know. Oh, oh. Is that Jeff Boshi? Is that Kirk Heinrich? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not That's not Kirk Heinrich. He's not even here anymore. That's Nick Bahi. Uh, that's Nick Bahi, right? Nick Bahi, yeah. Bailly, that's yeah.
0: <laughs> but hey, it's Nick Bahe. Hey, Nick it's, it's Nick Bahe. Hey. Oh, uh, hey. yes. The, the the timeline of Nick and Gary Woodland at, at Kansas did cross paths. Yes. They even, both went to two different schools during their time. But yeah, they did cross paths in the early 2000s. Uh, you know this, Nick, that Gavin and our tech op, Sam, our roommates and yes. so in our segment of do mates these guys had something that i was told on friday their do mate segment was already set up for oh those boy. of you that may not know our executive producer and technical producer live together and now they're working together here on
7: sundays on fox sports radio but it was an interesting week from you guys because you were separated isn't that correct it was sam was in the lovely country of canada he was in toronto oh, i was right. yes and uh, and I was still in L.A. Where it was hot, right? It was very hot this week, earlier in the week, uh, a little bit of a heat wave. Well, leading up, let's fa- let's rewind a couple weeks. Sam had been telling me, hey, don't worry about the A.C. I'm going to get this unit fixed. I'm going to call the guy <laughs> it's because I'm going to have him come out. The access is through my room. Oh. I don't want Gavin shuffling through my room, you know, going oh. through my closet to get to the air conditioner. So he never did literally the next I didn't have time I the, ran out of time but the, then I had to go on my trip the next day he lands in Toronto and there's just massive heat wave and I am up all night I can't sleep I'm sweating oh. it's, it's unbelievable 100 degrees I think like three straight days right oh yep. so it, who's gonna
0: fix it like do you have a oh, now yeah. oh, it's on
7: him here's the thing so we we get somebody there we find out that it actually needs to be replaced. That's the that's the opinion of the first uh, a- AC okay. repair service, and so we still don't have an AC. It has it has gotten a little milder this week, so that's good. Uh, but we're going to need it replaced. It's cooled down, but yeah, the, down. the entire unit has to be replaced. But you know, gl- really glad that Sam had a yeah. nice cold Gavin. Fun time. Gavin with <laughs> friend, with friends like that, you don't need enemies. <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah,
0: yeah that's uh, friendship. Uh, I almost past. changed
7: the locks. Okay,
0: well just... there there
7: it is. <laughs> It was pretty bad for Gavin. Yeah, it got pretty toasty those couple of days. I'm sure so. that apartment smelled pretty well too. Ooh. I came back Yikes. and it was a little funky in there. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to the door being open, you know. Plenty of time uh, to keep that door open. It couldn't be any worse Man.
0: than what uh Kevin Durant's dealing with. By the way, Doom mates for this week. Yes, a yes. Father's Day
4: edition of Doomates. How maybe ma- maybe Kev maybe Gavin will get privileges
7: into <laughs> Sam's room at some point. I don't <laughs> I don't want there I don't, that. There I don't uh, even uh, think I want that, but at this point I L- might need This is what happened. <laughs>
0: Kawhi Leonard would come in and take all privileges, because that's what he did Kevin Durant didn't he? Essentially, didn't he like do what Kevin Durant always wanted to do? I think he did, don't you? I mean, it's
4: the the big thing is, you know, he Kawhi Leonard did what Kevin Durant couldn't do, and that's lead a team as solely the man, the headliner to a title. Like, I mean, what Kevin Durant basically what what Kawhi did with Toronto is what Kevin Durant was trying to do in Oklahoma City couldn't do. And not to mention the the fact that they each have two titles, two Finals MVPs, uh, but the fact Mm -hmm. that Kawhi's done it with two different teams, and one is a man. Don't you think it's kind of like he's got a better yeah he's got a better resume? Yeah, Durant Durant chose that route.
0: And also, right. in Kawhi's MVP that he won with the Spurs, he emerged kind of from that cocoon of veterans around him. Yep, He became the butterfly and, and emerged where Durant kind of did the opposite in trying to blend in with the superstars of the Warriors. Yeah, Pretty I think amazing. Kawhi's ruined it for a lot of people who wanted to win that title on their own, and he did it for an entire country. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. While the Anthony Davis trade saved the NBA, we'll tell you why next. A very happy Father's Day to all the dads and granddads out there. Glad that you are spending some time with us. Hopefully, you'll spend the rest of the day with your family once our show's done. But maybe keep Fox Sports Radio on in the background. Yes. Yeah, if you ever want to listen to the show and you maybe can't do it because you have family commitments, simple. Go to foxsportsradio.com. Then you'll see something called Podcasts. Just click on Podcasts, and then you'll see the pull-down menu, say Fox Sports Radio Weekends. You can hear this show. You can hear all the other great shows on Fox Sports Radio in that spot. Easy enough. Simple. So if you've got to go and run some errands or do some honey-do lists or whatever the case may be, you don't have to miss us because we're there for you.
4: Simple enough. I I have to... And this is good, I suppose. But like, if I have to do the dishes, I got to do one little one little thing, and I know it's going to take some time. Like, I have to throw a podcast in. Like, doing something in silence is just not it. It's not an option for <laughs> me anymore, Dan. What's wrong with yeah, me? Yeah, I I was always a TV on person, and ah. it, it just just to
0: have it on. Of course, you know, living working in radio and and the the path that I took, I didn't get married until late, so there was. I probably spent more time living by myself than the average person, so it always helped to have the TV on instead of just sitting there in silence. Hey, but now I, I, with the I, podcast, yeah, now now you can tune out the wife and just be like, hey.
4: <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. I'm waiting for that. Like, do you not want to talk to me? Is that why you have your headphones in? No, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I'm doing the dishes, okay? Come on, like, what yeah. do you want? <laughs> hey, you Listen to Colin Coward here. Just give me a minute. You
0: can't have it all. <laughs> I, uh, Man, the the NBA by the way had it all. It, oh. it 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 really it really did. And it may not be the uh the most popular sport that there is and I love how like NBA Twitter goes after the NFL and then the NFL ends up throwing down the sledgehammer and ends all arguments but this past week was was pretty amazing in my mind, and I sent a tweet out late last night. And I've realized for maximum tweetage, don't do it at three a.m. Eastern. But I did anyway. <laughs> I sent out a tweet that I the top three storylines this past week in the NBA were Durant's injury, the AD trade, and Clay's injury, and the Raptors winning the title didn't even make the metal stand of of the argument that that of of what was important for the NBA. But because of all these things happening, Nick, it seemed that the face of the NBA and really what makes the NBA what it, what it really is, is, well, the NFL runs on parody and it, it is, it, it's made it's, it's made its hay on parody of every team feeling like entering the season that they've got a chance. And no matter how good new England has been really for the other 31 teams, there's still that parody the NBA in my mind was never like that. The the NBA has been built on dynasties and domination. And parody all of a sudden became a real thing for the NBA when Klay Thompson tore his ACL. Because you didn't have the Warriors being the Warriors, and maybe even somewhat with Kevin Durant, but we didn't know about Durant's future. I know it Clay's future was up in the air, but the thought was basically he'd probably go back to Golden State. It was it was now all of a sudden you were facing a league, and we had touched about this a little bit earlier with with maybe Portland and Denver being the losers in some of this, but you had a league, Nick, that you didn't know who was really going to be great let alone good, yeah. and the NBA has really never had this problem before, and now I think that the Lakers have come in and have solved what could have been a very difficult, I think, season for the NBA, because if you go through their time, it has been built on parity, and we may not have had that entering 2020.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of crazy to think about, to try to f- go backwards a couple days ago and try to size up who the odds on favorite was. One of the most interesting things throughout the week was the multiple different Vegas odds for who Mm -hmm. was the favorite. And... There were about four or five teams that you could maybe make the case for. Now, obviously, what makes it hard is you don't know where a lot of the, you know, four or five, six of the best players in the NBA, you don't know where they're necessarily going. But even if you fill them out hypothetically, it still doesn't necessarily clear it up. And I, you're exactly right. I think I think there needs to be a, a pecking order. I think that it's a it's star driven, and it was bizarre for a couple of days to try to forecast what. The league was going to look like next year without any sort of idea of who the the king of the mountain was and now now it feels like it's absolutely the los angeles lakers and if they go land a another Max guy, depending on what happens with uh with with their cap situation, oh boy, it is uh it you thought people are mad about KD going to the Warriors. I mean, what if what if they go land Kyrie Irving or or even get crazier, Kawhi Leonard, and it's Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, and Anthony Davis? Oh, good lord!
0: Yeah, and this is you brought up the Hollywood aspect of what AD AD. Verifies what the Lakers are doing, and now you've got this blockbuster hit, kind of like when George Clooney commits to Ocean's Eleven, then everybody else is in as well, and you have this yep. monster, this monster class. I'll take a line from a, a different movie, and that's Howard Stern's Private Parts. When they they're going over ratings and they're saying, you know, well, what are the ratings for the people who like him? And of course, they're you know number one in the market. And then it's like, well, what about the people who hate him? And those numbers were even higher. The right. NBA has been built on that. I remember growing up hitting both the Lakers and Celtics, and we're hoping both teams would lose in the NBA Finals. Like that's that's what the NBA has always been about—to have that villain. And I I know teams or fans don't like the Cowboys. I know fans don't like the Patriots, but I think it's different with the NBA, and it's stronger with the NBA of having that villain. And they are maybe they're quicker. Bandwagon fans as well. I saw a bunch of Raptors jerseys at the U.S. Open on Friday. Maybe that was trolling Golden State, but to have that villain now with the Lakers, so Laker fans are loving it. Everybody hates the Lakers. That's what the NBA is built on. And I just yeah. I look at I look at what could have been for as bad as the Rockets' situation was, and people may not like James Harden flopping or. or uh, I, and I'm using the descriptions that they would use. I don't have as much of a problem of it as some, but rub, rub some fans the wrong way. Some people you know, don't like the Warriors because of all of their success. But I think when you look at how polarizing the Lakers have now become with their star power, and if they add another one... That gives the NBA something that they have always been built on. Whether yes. it be hating the Bulls or loving the Bulls, whether it be Celtics Lakers from the '80s and and moving the the Lakers championships with Shaq and Kobe, I just think like you need that in the NBA. and And there are things to fall out, but I'm sorry if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers, nobody's really hating the Clippers. It, no. It's just not happening.
4: Yeah, that, yeah, you that so you bring up Kawhi. I think that's what was so interesting about the the, the NBA Finals and obviously the Raptors winning. Is the Raptors didn't move you. One way or the other, mm-hmm. strongly, you know. Like I, I like Toronto, I don't love Toronto, and I don't know how you could hate Toronto. And it's same thing with Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi Leonard. How could you not love watching the guy play basketball? But you, you, I, I don't, I don't think he would move you to where you know some people are with Durant or Westbrook or Steph. Like Westbrook fans are will fight you on the spot. Kobe Bryant fans will fight you on the spot. I don't think I don't think Kawhi Leonard Kobe is stands, is, so yeah. is is gonna make. You be like that, and so you had this team in in Toronto that really wasn't polarizing in any way with a superstar leading the way that wasn't really polarizing in any way, and so it was just it it, the one thing you got to feel one way or the other. You you either got to like be moved to really love something or really hate something, and Toronto just kind of didn't do it. Now Kevin O'Connor of the
0: Ringer, I believe, had the report that the Lakers may go after Kawhi Leonard. This uh, uh, to be a part of their big 3, that report to me while it, the, the Lakers may very well do it, I just don't see
4: Kawhi doing that. I don't either. I I and and that's what I'm glad you said that cuz at the end of the day Kawhi Leonard's kind of an enigma and no one really has an idea of what makes that guy tick, but for some reason what I've been able to just Observed from afar, with Kawhi Leonard's personality, doesn't him going to join LeBron and and AD and LA seem like it runs counter to that a little bit? Yes, I,
0: I do think that there would be things that you could say benefit him that maybe the media responsibilities aren't there, but I don't think that he, I don't think that he loathes the media responsibilities as much as people want to say. Like I see Cam Newton loathing media responsibilities yeah. when things aren't going well or like at the Super Bowl when they played Denver he was sick of the media by Wednesday. Kawhi's answers just aren't your typical media answers. Yeah.
4: So he's just not good with the media. Yeah. I think there's a difference between loathing the media and just not being very <laughs> good with just, the media. Or
0: it's just <laughs> so matter of factly. Yeah. Like like there was even ESPN put up a tweet today saying it was the 5 year anniversary of when he was the NBA Finals MVP when they beat the Heat in 2014 and the late Stuart Scott had asked him a question of like like who are you and he's like I'm Kawhi Leonard L- like just matter of factly like <laughs> yeah. I'm Dan Byer. Uh, yeah. like that's and, but that's who he is and I I look at it that the to what you said, like his his personality, we just don't know because he's a different dude. But of just of wanting to join another team, there doesn't seem to be any benefit except for the location of where you live. Yeah, and the, and the Clippers of of joining, like if Southern California is the goal, well then you've got two choices, and maybe the other choice is better for you and just in in everything that you would want with it. But that that's where I just don't see him. To your point, I don't see him joining that big three. By the way, that would be quite an interesting big three with just a bunch of threes and fours. Yeah, L- like they're right. like, like these big threes that we've talked about previously. Follow basically guys in the backcourt. And I know like Ka- you know Kawhi and LeBron are handling the ball, but yeah, I just don't see that fit.
4: Yeah, that was the one thing that made the the coming to rant thing so interesting. With joining the Warriors, was he like fit? Perfectly with how everyone else was already constructed, it would be kind of interesting to put those three guys on the floor. Talking about AD Kawhi and and LeBron, uh, but real quick, you talk about Kawhi Leonard, you talk about a guy that wouldn't need any media training to play for the Patriots. Like, he is, Kawhi Leonard is, like, the perfect Bill Belichick player in terms of what he would give the media. Don't give him anything. Don't answer any hypothetical. Very matter-of-fact. Like, I have to imagine that Bill Belichick sits and listens to Kawhi Leonard talk to the media and is like, that's that's the kind of – that's perfect right there. That's exactly what I'm
0: <laughs> uh, He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Baier. This is Fox Sports Sunday. We're keeping you up to date of what's happening at the U.S. Open. Coverage right now on Fox, but there is a change atop the leaderboard as Gary Woodland now is to 13 under pars Has the lead by himself, two under par through three holes, two shots back, two-time defending champion Brooks Kepka. And we're going to get to Kepka later on, but this is a story that we'll be developing. We'll keep you updated here of what's happening. Justin Rose now three shots off the lead as he is at 10 under par. It is Fox Sports Sunday. You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and FoxSportsRadio.com. The Rams are planning on having Jared Goff as their signal caller for a long, long time. Is that a good move? We'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
7: Kawhi Leonard, who are you, man?
11: Kawhi Leonard.
2: Zumo Play.
6: At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to Farmers. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
9: Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Nick Baugh. Gary Woodland's going to have a tap in for par on the fourth hole at the U.S. Open. He's currently got a two-shot lead over Brooks Kepka. Yes, the two-time defending U.S. Open champion, four-time major winner, is just two shots back. Kepka already four under on his round today through five holes. We'll keep you up to date. If you want to see what's happening, just go to Fox. That's where the final round coverage is. You don't want to miss that, but we'll keep you up to date of what is happening. And next hour, Nick, I am going to explain to you why Brooks Kepka is just like the New England Patriots. Okay? Whoa. Yes, yes, yes. It, I will explain. I won't even make Alex Marvez try to figure out why, but that's next hour, so maybe that teased Alex, too, after he's <laughs> done talking with us to continue to listen to the show. Alex Marvez, our NFL insider, joining us now on Fox Sports Radio. Hey,
11: Alex. So they inflate the golf ball. Oh, very <laughs> nice. good. Very good. Nice. Thank you. Try the video, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. Hey, and Thank by you. the way, how about that? Some violent we were coming into uh, the segment with very nice musical selection today. Really appreciate that band from Milwaukee, uh, gone, but not forgotten in the uh, music world. I'll no, tell you that.
0: That's Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. He's, you know, pushing all the buttons doing the, the ones and twos, if you will. Uh, Jared Goff apparently is going to get a contract extension if it's up to head coach Sean McVay. Is that a good idea for the L.A. Rams? Yeah, I think
11: it is. I mean, listen, and, they, and honestly, because Sean has such an influence over the Rams organization, you know, the way that he says it, he's, if he didn't want Jared Goff, if he didn't think he could win Super Bowls with Jared Goff, coming off that stinker of a performance against the New England Patriots, he would move on, right? And maybe wouldn't be as firmly in the corner of, of his starting quarterback. But, you know, think about this for Jared Goff. He has found the guy. That can be his Tom Moore, his Sean Payton. And I'm referring to Peyton Manning having that longtime relationship with one particular coach. And the same thing with Drew later on in his career getting together with Sean. And we're on year, what, 14 now of these guys being mm-hmm. on the field together. When you're able to have that continuity where these guys know each other like the back of their hand, oh, my gosh. I mean, it can lead to a bunch of success. And, you know, the Rams have done so much self-scouting on the things that they did wrong in that Super Bowl. And you've seen some of it already get implemented. You've seen changes on the offensive line. You know, they got beat up in that game. So you see some things going differently there. You see Todd Gurley's practice schedule change which basically means no practice at this point, just doing some drills trying to save wear and tear on his knee for when the, the Rams need him most. And the one thing you've heard from Rams camp, and I'm excited because I'll be heading out there uh, at the end of July to check out their training camp, but the one thing that you're hearing is that Jared Goff has had easily the best off-season practices that anyone has seen. He's been authoritative in the huddle. He's shown tremendous command of what it is that Sean McVay wants to get done. So it makes sense. To be, the, you know To extend him, the big question now is, with a deal this large, and by the way – And I just have to throw this out there. You poor guys living in Cali. I live in Florida. I don't have state income tax. You all get killed, right? Yes. At 13.5%. Yes. Well, when it comes to negotiation here, right, what's going to happen? Are you going to say, well, look, Carson Wentz, you know, and I'm not saying that Pennsylvania is like the greatest when it comes to state taxes, but it's not Cali. So are we going to say, and by the way, Dallas with Dak Prescott, you know, tax-free state as well, but are we going to say, look, at the end of the day, With all of the money that's being taken out in taxes, do we need to sign, uh, you know, Jared Goff to a $34 million a year contract on the average? Is his agent going to say that to compensate for the money that he would be losing in state income tax? And one of the things that I still don't get why the NFL doesn't do this is why they don't offer tax breaks to owners in terms of salary cap relief. If you're in California and you're trying to put together a roster on a California team compared to a team in Texas, compared to a team uh, in Florida... And what'll soon be a team in Nevada with the with the Raiders not having to deal with that tax is huge when it comes to being able to sign free agents to deals. Why the NFL doesn't give cap credits, I have no idea, but it's really something that owners should discuss among themselves to make sure that the playing field remains equal.
4: Alex, help me real quick uh, get, get a better feel for the Minnesota Vikings. They they were you think about their their situation two years ago. And there were some people that called them, the, hey, they got the best roster in the NFL. And then they seemingly kind of upgrade at quarterback, but then take a step back last year. I guess, where are you at with Minnesota now heading into this season?
11: Unfortunately for them, they have been lapped by the Chicago Bears, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bears were the team that, that ascended, and they have a better salary cap situation. I think they have, you know, the, the, the Vikings, this window of opportunity that they had, The question is, how does it stay open? Because, you you know, when we look at teams that have reached a conference championship game in the NFC in recent seasons, and then, you know, they haven't made it back. I mean, think about the number of years now that we're talking about. Teams that were in an NFC, that lost in an NFC title game, and how the next year they may have made the playoffs but didn't make it as far, or they didn't make the playoffs at all, and had to have a reset as an organization. For the Vikings, they better hope this isn't the case. And everything, of course, revolves around Kirk Cousins in this past week. I mean, and I'm not going to, you know, give you the exact quote, but essentially Kirk Cousins admitting, look, he's a 500 quarterback, and he (laughs) needs to be better than a 500 quarterback. The thing that alarmed you about the Vikings last year, one in six against teams that made the playoffs, and Kirk Cousins has the rep that he doesn't win the big game. Well, that needs to change. But I, I, I am bullish on the Vikings, you know, making a postseason run for this reason. I think that highly of Gary Kubiak. And Kevin Stefanski, a, a guy who will be a head coach in the NFL probably sooner than later, uh, you know, he's there, the co offensive coordinator, if you will, whatever fancy titles they want to give people. But he was willing to, you know, to, to take on Gary Kubiak. In fact, he was enthused about it to help him run the offense because he realizes there is so much that he can learn from Gary, who has a tried and true offensive system. And let's not forget, Kirk Cousins. Was when drafted by the Washington Redskins the head coach was Mike Shanahan who was Mike's offensive coordinator during their Super Bowl run and who runs the same offense Gary Kubiak so I think you're going to see improved performance from Kirk Cousins I think you'll see a better offensive line situation I think you'll see Dalvin Cook look more like the Dalvin Cook of 2017 than the Dalvin Cook of 2018 and I think the defense should be just fine I mean that's Mike Zimmer's forte so the pieces are in place for the team to make a bit of a run one caveat to note they have about four million dollars available under the salary cap that's not a heck of a lot they may have to continue to restructure contracts kick the can down the road or even make some tough decision on players if injuries were to hit this team i hope it doesn't i am knocking on wood right now saying that i hope it doesn't happen but just something to pay attention to for the vikings because they boxed themselves in with their salary cap and part of the reason the kirk cousins contract all that money guaranteed no bueno
0: Alex Marvez, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. here on this Father's Day at Fox Sports Sunday. I never thought we would get something more confusing than what a catch was in the NFL, but I think we've passed it with what is going to be reviewed with instant replay. It's back, forth, what are we going to get in week one with how we deal with pass interference in the final couple of minutes of the halves and and of regulation, what are we going to see when these games actually begin?
11: You know, we could see a nightmare scenario, and and I'll just go over what the negative could be, right? And because, and guys, I'm a glass full type of guy, sure. right? Yeah, I think you know, we all are. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, good. I like that. See, mo- most people in media are very negative, but we are positive human beings. And, and what I'm thinking about here is that, uh, listen, from a positive standpoint, the, the whole goal is to make sure that an egregious foul isn't, you know, isn't missed again right? Mm -hmm. And that's really where we're at with this. And of course, though, when it comes to replay, we can get very nitpicky and suddenly officials judgment may come into play. You know, we can slow things down to super slow-mo, right? And then say, oh my gosh, you know, just right that split second before the football got there, the defensive back hit the wide receiver. But how's the official on the field going to call that? And is that the type of thing that we're going to overturn? Because there may be plays that draw contact between, you know, defensive backs or, or defensive players and receivers that when you slow it down enough, that can, that can become a penalty. So I just wonder, you know, how, you know, how much is this going to be used by the NFL to, to right wrongs, so to speak? That's something. You know, one thing to look at as well, which is a, a, a strange scenario, but it, it can happen, Team, let's say there's 17 seconds left in the game. They've got no timeouts. They use their final one. They run a pick play near the goal line. The official misses the pick, and an offensive player catches the football and gets down to the one-yard line. Clock is ticking. Everyone is hurrying up for the line of scrimmage to try to get that one last snap. Do you then call? Timeout. Hold on. We're going to replay this for offensive pass interference. Now, it, you know, again, it, yeah. if that play, it works. I'm already getting a headache. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but you see what I'm yeah. saying? I yeah. mean, that, that's the whole thing, too, the start and stop nature of replay. And I'm just going over doomsday type scenarios. This yeah. is the problem you have when you have a league that just ramrodded in a rules change. And it is the, one of the biggest rules changes in the history of the NFL. For the first time, a penalty, that uh, that an infraction that wasn't whistled on the field, that wasn't flagged, may be called retro, you know, in, you know, retroactively based upon the replay system. I think they'll continue to tinker with it. I think they'll make adjustments. But when you say week one, I'm glad you bring that up. Poor Clay Matthews, right? And the way that things worked out with him and the whole rule about contact with quarterbacks and, you know, the way he was sacking people. And those flags, they went away as the season went on. The NFL got its point across about how they wanted to call the, you know, contact between defensive players and the quarterback. I would just hate to think that a potential outcome of a game much like with the Packers and the Vikings in week two last year could potentially happen again where the NFL is trying to work out kinks in a rule and they end up costing a team as they work out their own problems end up costing a team a win and if you don't think a one game is important just ask Mike McCarthy because if they beat the Vikings in week two maybe he's not having the same problems he is down the stretch here with that Packers team and getting fired before the year ends.
4: Alex, we got get you out here on this. So Obviously, the NFL and the NBA are are fundamentally different in a variety of ways, but the player power and player mobility is one of the biggest ways they're different. In a couple of weeks, and we already saw it with one blockbuster trade 24 hours ago, the NBA will undergo massive shifts and changes with free agency and stars moving around. Could you see a day where the NFL is structured different and we see more movement with stars down the road?
11: Uh, the nflpa would have to agree to to radical changes to the collective bargaining agreement i mean the system you know and and we're talking about reinventing the wheel to some extent right with these teams and you know putting in some different things that that haven't been in there before And, and i just don't know if the nflpa and the nfl are willing to go down that road i mean look we've already seen by the way too thanks to a new generation of general managers major trades i mean guys big names have been on the move this offseason. Frank Clark, D. Ford, guys like this. I mean, these are, are double-digit sack guys. They've been traded. Michael Bennett, he's been dealt. I think that there have been more trades in recent years than ever before. So I think that, you know, look, there's always going to be the debate, you know, guaranteed money. I think that's one that gets interesting with NFL teams and, you know, the players' association. The, the one thing that we don't know yet, what are the true things that the nfl players association want to see different in the upcoming labor negotiations as opposed to what they got before you know our, you know last time their big victory that they can claim was a reduction in the off season, right and the fact that nfl teams you know can't hold the type of monstrous offseason programs that they had before that was a real big thing and there were a lot of benefits you know given to players as well behind the scenes that aren't sexy to talk about but the players did make some strides in that regard What's the next thing? What's the biggest thing that the players want to see changed as far as the next collective bargaining agreement, and what are they willing to give to NFL owners to get that done? That's the big question coming up, starting really more in the 2020 offseason as the league is set to enter the final year of its collective bargaining agreement at that time.
0: He's Alex Marvez of SiriusXM NFL Radio, and he's our NFL insider here on Fox Sports Radio. Alex, thank you so much. We'll do it again next week. Gentlemen, thank you. Looking forward to it. And I did lie to Alex. My glass is usually half empty, but I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. I'm trying to, you know, it's a new Dan in 2019, Nick. It's, it's, I'm yes. trying. Yes, it's now's the time. Now is the time, Dan. Just like, it's, like, never
4: too, it's never too late to change, just, okay?
0: Yeah, just like Laker fans are saying, hey, now our glass is half full with Anthony Davis Ooh. in the fold. What could be next for the Lakers on the horizon? We'll tell you after Ralph Fervin gives us the latest. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba.
8: I'm Dan Bayer and Here's Ralph. Well, thank you very much, Dan. And yeah, a lot going on at the 119th U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. We were there this week, and Gary Woodland is in it right now. Two under for the day through five holes, 13 under for the championship two shots ahead of the two-time defending champion Brooks Kepka, who is four under through his first six holes and is at 11 under for the championship. Just two shots back again. Justin Rose playing in that final group, also through five holes. He is three shots back of Woodland as they go to the par five sixth hole. Speaking of red, well how about Tiger Woods? You know he's wearing red on Sunday and he's in the red numbers. Minus one for the championship, minus one for the day through 16 holes. Online car shopping can be. Confusing? Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's a final in Minnesota where Kansas City finishes off the Twins 8-6. Colorado scores three runs coming out of the rain delay. They have a 13-8 lead over San Diego in the seventh inning. Jesus Aguiar, a home run for the Brewers. They've scored in five of the six innings so far in this game. They lead San Francisco 5-3 in the top of the seventh. And Seattle with a four-run eighth inning. They now lead in Oakland 6-3, headed to the bottom of the eighth earlier today. The U.S., a 2-0 win over Chile. They... Are a 2 0 record in group play and advance to the knockout stage. We'll be back to Dan and Nick in 10 seconds, but first, a word from farmers. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One
6: exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, bum,
9: bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
3: It okay. out.
8: Oh, yeah. I was going to say about twenty-four hours and five minutes ago, we learned about the Anthony Davis trade. What's it all mean with Dan Byron, and Nick? Baugh. Oh, thanks, R- Ralph. It is Fox
0: Sports Sunday. Me getting anxious here because uh, I don't think that the Lakers should add a big three. Uh, Nick Ba, I don't. I, 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 I am not sold on this process anymore. I don't think three
4: guys wins you an
0: NBA title.
4: Is that is that all because of Toronto?
0: It's or all what? because of uh, of not only of Toronto. I see what happens with or what happened with the Golden State Warriors, I think the big three of what happened in Miami towards the end of their run, Sure. I just, I don't, I I thought maybe at the time it was quote-unquote ahead of its time, but I just look at it now as you need to be, you need to have seven or eight guys, and you need to have two guys that are obviously really, really good, but if those... Six, seven, and eight, or three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, are really good players. You can win a title, and I just i I don't want my gap to be so big from three or four, and have no one else. I mean, I right. I wouldn't even know the the starting lineup of the Lakers. If in a, in a in a crazy world they get Kawhi or they get Kemba Walker, and, and the makeup of the Lakers' big three is the other question but i just i don't know what you would put around that team to be like okay it's an end all be all they're going to be the champs considering the injury history with anthony davis He's never played 82 games in, in in a season. In fact, I think the most he's played is 75. I know you're not doing that anymore in the NBA, but the point is he's had injuries. He's 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 been injured a lot in his NBA career. If you want to compare it to other people, LeBron's not getting any younger. To put all of your eggs in the basket of those couple of guys, I just think it's, it's risky for
4: L.A. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, would you rather have two guys in depth or would you rather have three elite players and then figure it out and... I think the, the the big thing, like we talked with Eric uh, Pincus in the, in the first hour of the show, uh, it, it, it's one of those things where if you – if like I'd imagine right now, like if you all of a sudden – Dan Beyer is – you're in Rob Palenka's shoes and you can sign Kawhi. I think the hard part is then the actual application of you're going to say, eh, no, I'd rather go get J.J. Redick and Danny Green and get all these other guys. Like, that, that that's where I struggle. Because everything you're saying, like, I agree with it in, in like, the spirit of what you're saying. That, like, yes, depth. You need multiple guys that can score. You you need to have that. But at the same time, if you have the opportunity to sign a, a third star, I, st- I struggle to say thanks, but no thanks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say, like, I don't want Kawhi Leonard. Right. And, and so I guess that's what, so that, yeah. that's the hard part where like, I agree with everything you're saying, but when it comes right down to it, if you have the opportunity to go sign Kemba Walker or Kawhi Leonard, I have a hard time going the other direction.
0: What I've always found interesting as we look at this Lakers trying to form a big three is the, and I'll just use the four position as the example, the four position in LeBron's big three has always been the third wheel. And yeah. if that's where Anthony Davis is going to be, where I mean, he is. There's, there's no doubt about it. it not, not being the third wheel, meaning that like he's going to be your four guy, if, if you will. The point is, is you can't do a big three. I believe with three front court guys, and the big three worked when Chris Bosh was the one who all of a sudden decided to change his role. Became more of a shooter on the outside or at least expanded that to his game. Kevin Love always had that. I don't know what you do with the Lakers now that Anthony Davis and LeBron are there and you want to add somebody else. Now, if you want to add Kemba to be your backcourt guy, I can see how kind of that works. I just don't know how many basketballs there are to go around. I don't know who takes the step back. I, I, I I think fit is... Is a legitimate totally. question when you're trying to figure out is this going to bring a title or not?
4: Yeah, I, I think lost in all this. And and here's the thing, great players figure it out, and it's a good problem to have. Uh, but I, I I don't I don't think I don't know if LeBron and Anthony Davis fit perfectly. To be honest with you, I mean because as as LeBron continues to age I think he's going to become more and more of a back-to-the-basket type of player rather than a you know a point forward playmaker that is is the LeBron that we've kind of grown to to appreciate and love over the past eight nine years and so you you, you wonder what he's always done better with is 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 backcourt players that can shoot but at the same time I remember thinking I don't know how good Dwayne Wade and LeBron James fit together, and those two guys ended up figuring it out. Great players who are smart end up; it ends up working the majority of the time. But I, I, I totally agree. I do think you have to think about fit uh, when you're kind of trying to yeah. piece these stars together. And look at Golden
0: State when you see the people who sacrificed. It's of of trying to fit Kevin Durant in and. Clay and, and Steph were backcourt guys, so in a positionless league, we are talking about positions now because there 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 are ways to decipher, and, and you do have front court and backcourt. I just think it's I think it's a, a a bit different this time, and I think that in LeBron's cases, because that's where you can go back to. It was Bosh and Love who are the ones who really had to sacrifice, and if they want to get it done or have that sort of success. I'm not, sh- you know, Anthony Davis isn't going to
4: sacrifice, so that's why I just don't know if it's going to work. Right. I, I, the reality is, the Lakers I think are in a pretty good spot though, because because what we're talking about is if if they can go get Kemba Walker or Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. or whatever, great, right? You're like, oh my gosh, that's a, we got three of the yeah. the top five or six or seven guys in the league. But if they if they can't and they got to go, then kind of go the the route of what you talked about at the top, Dan of. of Going and filling out your roster to have some depth with some more quality players, that's not bad either. Like, it's just the the Lakers are in a pretty good spot. And if it doesn't work, just blame Frank Vogel.
0: That's all you got to do. It's all Frank's <laughs> fault. <laughs> He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. It is Fox Sports Sunday coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Anthony Davis has joined an illustrious group. We'll tell you
1: It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
2: Zumo Play.
6: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Farmers. Seen it, covered it. Talk to Farmers. We are Farmers.
9: Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. Happy Father's Day to the dads out there. The granddads. The U.S. Open... Always ends on Father's Day, and Nick, we have seen these leaders about to go through the easiest part of the course. They are just, Gary Woodland just parred the par-5 sixth. He has a two-shot lead over Brooks Kepka, who is at 11 under par, and a two-shot lead over Justin Rose, who's also at 11 under, but Kepka's in some trouble on eight, but now this is really where the U.S. Open begins at yep. Pebble Beach, you'll see it on Fox, is the easy holes. Well, they were all easy to nick since he shot 82 at Pebble Beach. <laughs> but 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 for these guys now the real test starts is as, as they are on their final 11 holes of this championship. You feel good about Woodland hanging in there? Well, he just put one in the bunker on yep. 7. I just saw so there's th- th- it's tough to close out. And Justin Rose said it on day 1 about Brooks Kepka's name now being something. It's up there and yeah, I think I mean, it is something. Right. But right. yeah, w- w- it's gonna be exciting so listen to us and t- tune in into Fox and you're gonna have a great Father's Day we'll just say that uh last week at this time oh boy yeah we, uh, <laughs> this week always at this time we play a show we like to call or a game we like to call in the nick of time and previously on in the nick of time this happened um one name left Sam. Sam is not here. Alex is, though. I'll jump in. Bird? Bird, no. Incorrect. Well, it is correct, but he was already named. He was already named. Willis Reed. We were looking for the multiple NBA Finals MVPs and Nick was one name away from winning the game. If you are just <laughs> tuning in, he has 75 seconds to name the list on a variety of topics. And if he can complete the list, he wins. He also gets some help from Gavin, our, tech, our executive producer, Sam Kinsey, our technical producer. And today Ralph Irvin is at the anchor desk. If Nick doesn't know a name or is stumped or is stalling, he could just yell out Sam. Now, unlike last week we need sam to be here so but so it's sam <laughs>
4: gavin and ralph today okay, i got some, on the top lifelines here yes i need a win i'm yet to i need a win i Bad. will
0: say this this game is difficult to win it really is the difficult game to win thanks for making me feel better well you've gotten <laughs> 10 out of you've gotten 10 out of 11 before with the leading scorers in the nba playoffs the the teams to have never won a Title was a little rough. That's embarrassing. That's the
4: embarrassing. That's the one I
0: probably feel the most embarrassed about. Well, this one you're going to have 75 seconds to figure out eight answers. Okay, Nick, are you ready to play in the nick of time? I suppose. Here is your topic, and as soon as the topic is read, your 75 second countdown will begin. I want to know the eight first overall picks since 1990 in the NBA. That were never involuntarily traded in their career. Never involuntarily traded in their career. The eight first overall picks in the NBA draft since 1990. Your time starts
4: now. Well, uh, I mean, Jordan? So, or since so 1990. Since so yes. 1990. Okay. Uh, never traded. Kobe? Well, he wasn't the first overall pick.
0: Number oh 13. First overall picks.
4: LeBron. That is correct. 2003. Let's, let's go with... Uh... Wow. You there, said so there's eight?
7: There's eight. This is
0: 1990.
7: You've got Sam. You've got Gavin. Sam, Gavin. You got, Give me, got, Sam go. Give me some here. I'm, I'm stuck. Hashim Thabeet. Well, he was number one. No, that is incorrect. It uh. was
0: number two. Number two. Gavin is Gavin. jumping out of his seat. Tim Duncan. That is correct. Okay, 1997's number one overall pick.
4: Oh, man. Oh, boy. this Think is... recent. Okay, so, uh, I mean, Aiton, Correct. Correct. DeAndre uh, Aiton. Ben Simmons. Correct. Uh, who, Anthony Bennett? Anthony Bennett? Did he end up Incorrect. getting just, Okay. Ralph. Greg Oden. Correct.
0: John Wall. Oh. <laughs> John oh. Wall is correct. You had gotten six. John Wall is correct. The other two that you missed. The only now I had to say involuntarily because LeBron ended up being traded, but it was because he was going to sign with the Heat. Ah. But throughout their different careers, you got Tim Duncan, LeBron James, John Wall, Ben Simmons, Greg Oden, and DeAndre Ayton Do you know the other two? Gavin, there' has gotta be some random first to blank. Michael Oloa candy? No, no, that is not correct. Yao Ming, okay. there we go. And Carl Anthony Towns. Carl mm. well, He's with, invisible with, anyway well, well it's it's amazing wow. to think of how many of just in the last ten years have already been dealt. whether it be an Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins was right. traded, right. Yeah, so Carl Anthony Towns. Tyree Irving. Yes, play, uh, traded. Derrick
4: Rose. He was the first big wasn't he? Yeah, he Derrick was. Rose. Yeah, traded to the Knicks. So, wow. Okay, that you, was bad. That, that one was almost you bad You got six as...
0: out of eight. That's actually not bad. That's a team Whew. effort for in the nick of time. Don't worry. You'll have a chance to redeem yourself next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. The U.S. Open is a dandy. The NBA, they need to get their priorities straight. We'll tell you why next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
8: At the 119th U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, it's on Fox right now as Gary Woodland sits atop the leaderboard at 13 under par. He saves par on the par three seventh, now on the eighth hole. He's two shots ahead of Justin Rose, who's 11 under through seven. Brooks Kepka with a bogey on number eight drops three shots back. Tiger Woods, his final round is complete. He shoots two under for the championship. On the Major League Baseball scoreboard, three games going on right now. Seattle trying to close out Oakland. The Mariners with a 6-3 lead over the A's in the bottom of the ninth inning. Colorado up 13-10 over San Diego. They are in the top of the eighth. And Milwaukee batting in the top of the eighth, leading in San Francisco 5-3. At the FIFA Women's World Cup, the U.S. a 3-0 shutout of Chile. They advance to the knockout round. I'm Ralph Fervin.
0: A monumental weekend, not because of the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers, not because Brooks Kepka is trying to win his third straight U.S. Open. Nick bought my first football preview magazine this weekend. Ooh. There it is. Yes, you can. You can try to tell me magazines are going out of style. I'm telling you, when the football magazines come out, there was there was one. Remember, we joked a couple of weeks ago about how some just come out way too early. <laughs> yeah, like you're not even ready to think about it. <laughs> yes, like you're just yeah, you're you're not there. They don't even have the Jets' new uniforms in the magazine. That's 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 how <laughs> the, the, it's still the old logo. But they wanted to get out. I did see one out a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's. There, there are two magazines that always come out really early, and I think that it's usually it's usually Athlon and Lindy's. Those yeah. are the like those are the two like really early ones that come out, and then throughout June, more of them. I it's not that I have anything against those magazines because I totally don't. I just want to see what the other ones have to offer, and then I will end up purchasing the football magazine. But one of them was purchased this past
4: weekend. You got it. I did the same thing this week. I went and got a, a college football preview magazine.
0: Oh, who who and is on the cover of, in the Nebraska region of the college football preview magazine? Of course, it is the greatest quarterback of all time. Adrian Martinez, baby. Oh, okay. I, I figured, you know, these regional covers. Now they're like they're they're so specific. I just I know, wanted to yeah. make sure that there there wasn't anybody else from from Iowa creeping in, or if they put, you know, maybe I I don't know who else who else could creep in. Maybe some well, I, is mean, there,
4: yeah, I mean, it could be it could be a Kansas State player. I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, it's you want less miles, maybe. Yeah, it, yeah. it could give you a false sense of how good your team really is. I mean, if you're a Kansas football fan and you walk and you're starting quarterback. You're like well, Now wait a minute. Our, our, apparently the Jayhawks are gonna be pretty good. No, no, they're not gonna be very good. They're just trying to help you out here. But you're 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 right. You got to pace yourself though. When uh, for me, I, I've like liter. I've been on you know load management for Kawhi. I've been on like re- reading management for college football here, where you don't want to get too far into it and get too. Too excited about things because you're still a couple of months away. So I'm 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 taking it bit by bit here. But man, does it get excited, I'm I'm officially now. Once once we get past the the once the finals end and the draft comes and then you get the first wave of free agency, you really start to get fired up for football because mm-hmm. you can feel like it's just around the corner.
0: I am having I I am still in the newness of golf ending the having the majors end with the Open Championship. With the PGA already in the rearview mirror, it's a little weird for me. The U.S. Open even felt a little different. And I was up there Thursday and Friday at Pebble Beach. And that didn't change, like being there. But of just looking ahead to the summer and what else has to happen, I always had that PGA Championship marked at the second week of August of being like, all right, there it is. That was my unofficial end of summer. Let's head into football season sort of thing. And now that's there, I've got this. This gap from the end of the Open Championship to the beginning of August, where it's only a couple of weeks, but still trying to navigate that in does, our sports world.
4: Does your what's your sports calendar look like, Dan? Like, does the end of the summer mark? Like, does the does basically does the beginning of football mark the beginning of the new calendar? Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. Is that how it works for you? Because that's how it works for me. Like it, the the sports calendar each year kind of ends. Probably at the NBA finals, to be honest with you. Yeah. Now now it's now I'm ready to start back over with football when it gets. I will
0: I will say this. You're in your mid thirties, I'm in my early forties, and I don't feel I'm alone in saying this because I think guys my age understand I really started to like summer about six or seven years ago. I always loved fall because of football. Right, right. But now summer is something that I really get excited for and and it's not that I'm not excited for football, but so it's it's a nice blend. Like, I'm sad to see summer go and then have football arrive. But for the longest time, it was the start of the year was, as you said, football. And really, the end of the year ended up being Masters Final Four week. Where, where then? That's the sports calendar. And working in a college town like I did in Madison, and you working in a college state, whether it be in Omaha or 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 growing up in Lincoln, I'm sure it was around. You know, Cornhusker when Wisconsin doesn't have a baseball team, so it just kind of ends after basketball season. Exactly, you know. But so for for football and
4: basketball in a college town like that, that's always kind of what the sports calendar was. We'll we'll be able to dive into to to this stuff once you know in July or whatever but I've always and it would never happen because baseball is too obsessed with stats and you don't want to alter it but wouldn't it be amazing if baseball could somehow they they shaved time off the or shaved the amount of games they played and had the playoffs take place in August Mr. August I mean no more you know yeah it'd be great but just because there's nothing like we're dying for anything in that after basically after the all-star game from major league baseball there's just a there's a huge Blank gap to where we are making hard knocks out to be real yeah. sports stories and preseason football out to be real real football, right? I mean, and it, which it is, but it's yeah. nevertheless. We're talking about preseason football where you know, like Russell Wilson gets like one series, and then we're like, I tell you what, Seahawks are in trouble. Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? He played he played they, one series. You they, know, I just would love I'm not even a huge baseball guy, but man, it would they could just dominate the sports world for
0: th- a There's one faction of the audience that's against that wives why yes. yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 that's you know maybe you know a good 40 percent there you go there. <laughs> so so you're you're in trouble summertime it's time to do stuff plus as yeah. guys you have trade-offs of what you can and can't watch yeah. at least I, I like to at least have a i do like to have a little bit of a
4: of a breather I right because i've had i've had to look at my wife a couple a couple times, be like, hey, NBA Finals tonight. Hey, just so you know, NBA Finals tonight. Like, for the first time ever, she was like, hey, NBA Finals. They done. I was like, they're done. So, hey, I don't have like, I can't, I can't play that card anymore for a while, which is good and bad. <laughs>
0: you know, I want to point this out. So, last night, I, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I sent out a tweet, kind of mocking the the Raptors NBA title victory. But with the mocking, I think that there's a lot of validity to what's going on. And this NBA in our sports calendar world, the NBA offseason has car- carved out its own three-week – I mean, it used to just be the draft and then it was over. But once the NBA Finals end, we have the draft coming up on Thursday, and we'll have a yeah. special draft show here on Fox Sports Radio Thursday at 7 Eastern – the 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 off season of what can happen in free agency has carved out its own niche and now when you look at that that's taken over the hot stove of baseball's off season when you would have the baseball winter meetings that's not that it's taken over because it's the same exact time but basketball's off season is more interesting than what baseball has now and when you've got this this three week stretch of of possible moves it grabs everyone's attention what was amazing to me was this past week you had the raptors win an nba title and it didn't even seem like it was the biggest story because it was just the Raptors win. But now with Durant's injury, with Clay's injury, with AD's trade, it just again proves the point of how how this league is so player driven that it, it has nothing to do about the teams. It had n- nothing to do about the Raptors. It was all about players driving this league, and the three You're biggest so right. player news you know items actually topped
4: what the Raptors did on Thursday. It, it's. It felt like it. Even if you want to say Toronto was the biggest story for twenty four hours, I even think that's debatable. Like I don't. I don't even know if the the champions were the most <laughs> the biggest story coming out of. It was more clay and what is. It was more about the the team that lost and the dynasty ending than it was the team that won. And is that a window into that everyone thinks that Toronto wasn't the better team? Um I don't
0: I just think that people aren't as interested in Toronto. Again, okay. it's the the I believe that that that's my thinking of when you see a team like the Warriors who can be so so volatile with people loving them so much or really rooting against them and for the role that the Warriors played in in how the rest of the NBA was affected, I don't think that the the Raptors have that reach. Like the the Rockets fans hate the Warriors. You know, I would assume Cavs fans don't like the Warriors. I know Thunder fans don't like the Warriors. So it was whatever was happening to the Warriors was more of the story than what was happening to the Raptors. Yeah, I,
4: because we've seen... Like, I don't know if people thought that Dallas in 2011 was better than Miami, but Dallas won. But the difference is, was that Miami was full strength the whole time, and Dallas straight up beat them. I think this this series was bizarre in the sense of, I don't know what anybody really wanted to take away from, big picture-wise, because of all the injuries. The injuries kind of created... Uh, you know, I know the the asterisk term is a is is a very very polarizing one to throw out there, but it it kind of did create a yeah but for how people kind of reacted to this, and then there's also the element of the, that people think that Kawhi might be leaving, so it's like why? I think some people go, why even bother investing mm-hmm. into Toronto? Because, I mean, they could be in rebuild mode, Dan. Like if <laughs> if if Kawhi leaves, they could win the title and then be rebuilding the next year. It's just it's a weird. I will say it's a very unique unique champion and scenario in which they were crowned champions you know the injury the injury and I don't want
0: to I'll say it the injury excuse of why the Warriors lost I think is convenient where we are having an argument about whether Kevin Durant and we we kind of poo pooed it last week but there is question. there were questions you know about the chemistry of the Warriors but it wasn't of are the Warriors better with or without Durant however that injury and that debate was happening during the time since he went out against the rockets all the way up until his comeback in game 5 and then he ends up going out with the ruptured Achilles but it was the clay injury with the ACL that i think then put that over the top because i just i didn't get the sense we were saying that the raptors were were about to close out the warriors solely because of kevin durant and I think that with the Clay injury, it just added an excuse for the Warriors fans or those that just didn't want to give Toronto credit for the real reason why they won. And that yeah. that's I, I mean, we we're debating whether Kevin Durant was actually good or bad for the team, which as ridiculous as it sounds, and then all of a sudden Clay gets in, injured, and now we're saying, Oh, it's because of all the injuries. Well, you can't have it both ways. If you were saying that they were better without Durant, then you can't say that his injury was the reason why the
4: Raptors ended up Winning the title. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think, I think you're, you're, in some ways, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth if you go down that path. But I I do think, to me, I don't know how you can tell the tale of the 2019 finals without the Golden State injuries being in the first paragraph. And when that's the case, that makes it hard for for that to not be a huge. You don't think the first paragraph will be a
0: Kawhi Leonard led team? The first sentence. I
4: think the first. I, I, I don't know. i To me, I this will is, always. I will always. Re- I think. I, I think years from now, and that's how you. I try. Years from now, I'll remember this finals more as the 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 finals where the Warriors just were so banged up and they well, just couldn't win.
0: Uh, and this is this is what gets me, and this is what what I have an issue with is I know Kevin Durant didn't injure his Achilles because of the workload that Golden State had over the last five years. Because he wasn't there for that finals run. Klay Thompson was, and I'm not saying Klay Thompson tore his ACL because of that workload. He tore his ACL because of a freak play that he landed wrong. But there were five playoff runs of potential freak plays. There were five playoff runs of potential oh my goodness, I strained my calf, that the Warriors didn't have to deal with. They they went injury-free for that title run. So at some point, the odds of something like that happening, because we hadn't seen a run like that, to just to navigate and miss all that nick and not have anything go wrong for you during those runs, I think is a miracle in itself. To see yeah. what Golden State accomplished. And I'm not saying that it, it wore them down, which I actually thought at one point it would because their bench kept on getting smaller and smaller. And you have all these, these, you know, this tread on these tires. But at some point, they navigated a 100 extra games without having anything really serious happen until these finals. And I think that that is, that is pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, I, I it, yes, and I think in some ways the basketball universe balanced itself out with the with the bookends of the Warriors dynasty. If you believe that it's over, like you know, in twenty fifteen, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love get hurt for for them to be able to win their first title, and then it's bookended. You know, throughout that process, they stay healthy. They then land Kevin Durant, uh, and then it's bookended with literally almost everybody of note outside of Steph getting hurt. So in some ways, it all kind of over the course of five years, it all kind of balanced itself out. It's kind of like when you talk about officiating at the end of games, Mm -hmm. you can kind of focus on one bad call. Well, there may be are you go throughout the course of the game and there may be a couple that went your way. And it's kind of the sports gods balancing things out.
0: He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The NBA draft comes up on Thursday. We believe Zion Williamson will go number one with John Morant going number two and possibly R.J. Barrett number three. But who's the real steal of the draft and who's going to get him? We'll have that answer for you next year on Fox Sports Radio.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Zumo Play.
6: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool. We've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
9: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Fox Sports
0: Sunday, he's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Just to give you an update of what's happening at the U.S. Open. Gary Woodland now a three-shot lead over Brooks Kepka and Justin Rose. Woodland at 13 under par. He's through eight holes on his final round. Kepka through nine at 10 under. Rose playing in that final group with Woodland also at 10 under par. The NBA Draft comes up on Thursday. Our Fox Sports Radio NBA Draft show will begin at 7 o'clock Eastern time with Jason McIntyre, Chris Broussard, and Rick Buecher. Joining Nick and myself right now to talk some NBA draft. From USA Today's Rookie Wire, Michael Weisenberg joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Michael, good to talk to you. How are you? Doing very well,
12: Dan. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Hey, let's uh, let's dive in. I just teased that we've got uh, Zion at one, we believe, and we think John Morant, two to the Grizzlies, and then number three, likely R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. Is this draft class really just a three-player draft heading into Thursday night?
12: I think it, the hierarchy certainly seems to be those three guys, though I believe a lot in Jarrett Colger. I think that he probably, if New Orleans keeps the pick, uh, is likely to go four. But I think that he, is, uh, he has quite a bit of potential on both ends of the floor, Was improved leaps and bounds as a passer, and was a very good defender while he was at Texas Tech. So I would probably put him at least near John R.J. Uh, after that tier.
4: Give me your sense of uh, and your and your thoughts on Darius Garland. He's he's a guy that's kind of tough to get a feel for. Only played in in five games at Vanderbilt. Had a season-ending knee I- injury, so the sample size is small. But yet, people are kind of drooling over this guy.
12: Yeah, he was also he was great during the Nike Hoop Summit. He had a really positive few games while he was at Vanderbilt. Really good shooter, very quick player. I'm just kind of wondering about the point guard ability. I'm not quite sure about him as a playmaker for others. Uh, He did have a negative assist to turnover ratio while he was at Vanderbilt, albeit in that very tiny sample size. But there are some that kind of see him as like a Trey Young with his ability to shoot from deep. Um, I'm not quite sold on that because I think Trey Young was a fantastic passer while he was at Oklahoma and showed a lot of that. So I think there is kind of benefited from missing those few games um, or missing the games after he got injured and kind of uh, nobody else really taking that step up in this draft class.
0: Joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, Michael Viseberg of USA Today's Rookie Wire. Find him on Twitter at NBA Draft Mikey V. A point guard that I liked. And for some reason, I know this is negative and I know this is probably Nick and I were just talking about uh, glasses half full and glass is half empty Mine probably is half empty most of the time. I really like Kobe White as a player. I just wonder on, uh, does Kobe White make the team any better? Where do you see the North Carolina point guard heading and and what are his strengths and weaknesses heading into Thursday's draft?
12: I actually I really like Kobe White as well. I, I think he's always just been a one of those tough scorers, and he really showed me something as a playmaker at times in North Carolina. I felt he made that team quite a bit better, but yeah, I understand the, some worry about his uh, possible projection at the NBA level, where he really plays. Like it, it would be great if he had another uh, possible primary ball handler. That's why some people have even talked about his fit with New Orleans, but how it might be pretty good, albeit they would probably have to play a strange three-ball or three-guard lineup uh, for him to work best in that system but he um is a guy that i just think has a lot of toughness he went through a lot i i was actually doing some background research on him and found out that his father had passed away right before his senior year of high school um he's a guy that kind of you know persevered through a lot of things was one of the all-time leading scorers in the, the state of north carolina as well and i just felt like he was he displayed some great toughness at north carolina um had that competitive ability and showed some leadership that really impressed me. So I I see him as a guy who I kind of would bank on being a pretty decent NBA player.
4: Michael, you know, obviously, as you know, a year ago and heading into the college basketball season, it wasn't Zion Williamson who was the consensus number one pick. It was R.J. Barrett. But Zion had, a, had a, a great year, and then we saw what happened here with John ja Morant, especially in the NCAA tournament, and obviously he had a great year as well. And all of a sudden, R.J. Barrett finds himself as being the, the third pick. Uh, certainly a very intriguing guy, can really score. There wasn't a lot of shooting on the floor at Duke, so the lane was clogged. But boy, he seems like a guy that could really make some noise once he get some shooters on the floor.
12: Absolutely. I, I think RJ is one of those guys also who fantastic competitor. He showed a lot as a passer as well, even though you know there are there times where he would be driving to the basket and gain tunnel vision, but he can definitely make some plays, was a good rebounder for a guard also. Uh, defensively, you kind of want to see a little bit more from RJ. He kind of lacked awareness there at times, but I, th- I think there's a lot to build on there. His father, Rowan, was a really good player and was a pro as well. Uh one of the higher ups in Canada basketball. And RJ is just a pro. Like he he's I know he's worked with Drew Hanlon. Um he worked with him last summer and he was going up against other pros. And everybody was just talking about how impressed they are with RJ's, you know, kind of going through the process. And I, I just think he's going to be a player that greatly improves and uh hopefully, yeah, with uh more spacing on the floor, he can do quite a bit of good things, uh, likely with the Knicks.
0: I'm looking at Michael Weisenberg's mock draft that he has for rookie wire in the USA today. Uh Michael Weisenberg joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. And by by looking at all of the picks, reading the the rundowns, Cam Reddish seems to be the biggest boomer bust. Why's that?
12: He has So much talent, and you know, has all the physical tools you kind of look for in a wing, Um, and certainly seems like he could play multiple positions. Had great steal rate while at Duke as well. Uh, His shot looks so pure sometimes too. Like you know, he was definitely the best shooter for Duke. It just didn't always happen during the games, and he is a guy that you know you just kind of wonder at every level. It seems like he's kind of just missing a little something. He's had low shooting percentages even when he was in the EYBL. This year he shot thirty six percent from the field. He had a lot of trouble finishing at the rim as well. Like I think he kind of lacks a little bit of that uh, explosiveness that you'd like around the basket. But certainly a talented player was really good in the pick and roll, and he could he's a guy that like it looks like he could at least be a pretty decent complimentary piece. But I think teams are going to be looking at him as possibly being even more than that. And there's a, definitely a chance that he lives up to that.
4: You know, there always seems to be a guy, Michael, as the draft approaches, whether it's going through uh, the combine, workouts, whatever, that there's also in a player that teams really get intrigued by, they start to fall in love with. And from the outside looking in it, it appears that Jackson Hayes out of Texas is a, is a player that a lot of NBA teams are starting to really really get intrigued by. What do you think of of Hayes?
12: He is a fantastic athlete at 6 foot 11. He was one of those late bloomers. He grew a lot his last few years of high school and he showed a lot on the defensive end also. He showed the ability to be a rim protector really good at moving without the ball as well, like on the cut and catching lobs. His rebounding was one of the kind of uh, little falls he had this year, but he was um, just a real surprise for Texas. Seemed to get better as the year progressed. And he's somebody that you kind of see, like, even from his free throw percentage and things like that, there are lots of uh, things that look like he could possibly – End up being uh, improving a great deal on offense, and then his defensive ability and his ability to potentially switch make him really intriguing.
0: Michael Weiserberg of Rookie Wire at USA Today joining us here. I just want to wrap up with this. If you get the number 60th pick right from your mock draft, you have carte blanche to come on the show whenever you want. Yovel Zussman yeah. of Macabre Tel Aviv is going 60th overall to the Kings. He Michael did a whole first and second round mock draft on Rookie Wire. If that happens, carte blanche, Michael, you could come on any single time you want because that would be cash money.
12: I really appreciate you shouting out (laughs) the other two spots. I absolutely appreciate the offer, and I'm hoping that's the case. Um, I'm going to be doing a a mock draft update right before the draft as well. Rookie Wire just launched on Monday. We're really excited. We have a lot of great young writers out there. I've done a a few other articles for them as well, Um, one highlighting the top five NBA rookie finals performances, and then uh, I did the top 10 uh, draft day trades of players still active going into next season. So, yeah, hopefully people can check out Rookie Wire, a new USA Today Wire site. And really appreciate you shining out the mock draft as well, Dan.
0: Well, I'll I'll say this: go check out his mock draft because number forty-two overall, second-round pick, very, very intriguing, and a name that I think many are familiar with, and a name that you need to remember, Michael Weisenberg. Find him on Twitter at NBA Draft Mikey V. I know this is the Golden Week, so uh, yeah, good luck with everything, and just uh, yeah, try to enjoy it if you can throughout all of the busyness that you're going to be doing.
12: Thanks so much for having me on, Dan. appreciate you uh, talking draft with me. All
0: right. Michael Weiserberg, again, Rookie Wire USA Today. Uh, check the link, Nick, if you haven't. Number forty-two overall. I, I don't want to give I'm it away. I want. I'm scrolling I down. Push, I'm to I want to push. I want to push it. it out there. And uh, yeah, we'll get your thoughts Ooh, after. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah pretty yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. right? Right. No. He's Nick Va. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. I'll tell you why Brooks Koepka is just like the New England Patriots after Ralph Irvin gives us an update of what's happening at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Hello,
8: Ralph. Hello, Dan. And yes, the 119th U.S. Open at Pebble Beach continues. It's on Fox TV. And Gary Woodland, well, he did bogey the ninth hole, so he drops to 12 under par. Still two shots clear of Brooks Koepka, who's sitting at minus 10 through 10 holes. Justin Rose also there at minus 10, playing alongside Woodland. They have played nine holes on the golf course. Again, Tiger Woods finished strong, two under par for the tournament, as well as the final round. On the Major League Baseball scoreboard, two games going on right now in Denver. The Padres have scored three runs in the top of the ninth inning to tie it up. San Diego and Colorado locked at 13, and the bases remain loaded with two outs there at Coors Field. Meanwhile, the Dodgers hit the scoreboard. They take the early 1-0 lead on the Cubs as Chicago bats in the top of the second inning. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's a final in San Francisco. Milwaukee snaps their two game losing streak, beating the Giants 5 3. Toronto hammers Houston 12 0. Kansas City an 8 6 win over Minnesota. And the Yankees 10 3 victors over the White Sox. The U.S. a 3 0 win over Chile to go to 2 0 in group play. They'll advance to the knockout round, but they first have to get by Sweden, who is also 2-0 after beating Thailand 5-1. We'll be back to Dan and Nick in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers.
6: From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We
9: are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: It is Fox Sports Sunday. Thank you very much, Ralph. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Nick Ba. And Brooks Kepka, in a span of a minute, yeah, has just pulled within one stroke of the lead at the U.S. Open. Just one back of Gary Woodland as Kepka just birdied the 11th hole. And to, to touch on this, in, in Tiger Woods right now in a tie for 29th, shot two under 69 today. He's 10 back of the lead, obviously not going to win. Going to be on his way to a top 20 finish, if you will. But one of the storylines, Nick, in leading up to this U.S. Open, and we were up there Thursday and Friday, you hear it a lot. You heard it before the PGA Championship with Brooks Koepka, and even before the U.S. Open because he was left out of one of the Fox promos. They had four different ones, but he wasn't happy that he was left out of one of them, of, of of, of promoting the coverage of him being the two-time defending champion. So he's using this, nobody cares about me, they didn't want to interview me at last year's U.S. Open despite winning the 2017 U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. He's always using stuff as a chip on his shoulder. And and I say he's like the Patriots in, in this way. The Patriots weren't the Patriots when they beat the Rams in Super Bowl 36. The Patriots became the Patriots when they had won three Super Bowls When they had gone undefeated and then had heartbreak against the New York Giants. And then when Tom Brady, you know, won his fourth and then won his fifth. And then that's becoming the Patriots. But at Super Bowl 36, you weren't saying, oh my goodness, the dynasty is here. This is the greatest player ever. And I think that Brooks Kepka's arrival has just taken some time. And while others may need to realize that, maybe. maybe he needs to realize that. I don't know if that's the the fuel and if yeah. that's going to be the fuel to him, but the point is is now he is recognized. And I mentioned Justin Rose saying earlier this week that that's now a name on the leaderboard that you see. And I guarantee Gary Woodland sees it right now that Brooks Kepka is just one shot back of him. Those sort of things take time. So you could play the nobody respected us, you know, nobody believed in us card all you want, but sometimes these things take time and I think it took time with Brooks Kepka.
4: Yeah, and uh, th- there are some guys, as you know, Dan, that that need to feel slighted to to get themselves in whatever mental state that they need to be in to perform. And maybe that's how he is. Uh, and and if that's if that's what he needs to do, I suppose that's what he needs to do. I know for me, and I, I, I th- this is just me. I, I feel like there when, when you look at Jordan Spieth and Rory McElroy. They kind of feel like guys that were were labeled as as the the next dudes, mm-hmm. and they never fully. I mean, they they've listen. They've been good, and I mean, Spieth had the incredible whatever it was twenty fifteen when he yep. when he won the Masters and 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 what it was three Open. of the four majors yeah. or whatever. U.S. But Open, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I also think there's an element of some golf fans. Not saying all, but some golf golf fans that are like. Okay, you know Brooks Cup is really good. He's a machine. He's doing great. But we've seen this story before, and it's one thing to be around now, but let's like sustain it, right? Like sustain Mm -hmm. it for a little bit before you know you really get crowned or anointed as as that dude. And, And in Brooks's defense,
0: he has won championships in coming back from from whether it be a, a deficit on Sunday at Aaron Hills, his first championship. There was there was carnage everywhere at Shinnecock Hills last yeah. year in the third round, and he was able, able to keep afloat and then ends up finishing things off in the final round. Bell Reeve, he was atop the leaderboard and was being chased by Tiger and held that off. Last month at the PGA, he seemed to just have a huge cushion and it was just a, a coronation. So he's won a lot of different ways as well, whereas Rory... Rory needs to be up by five shots entering the weekend so he could just continue to, you know, keep it on cruise control and go. And there are a lot of things that have to go right for Jordan Speeth's swing to be in and putts have to go in. Kepka is proving to be a different animal in, in being able to play at a bunch of different courses and in different styles. And he at times could just overpower them because of how good he is. And so to your comparison to those two, I think it's very fair and I think that now the the process is coming out. If, if Kepka wins this where he's one shot back, it looks like Gary Woodland's got about two or three feet on Fox. You could see it, by the way, for a par on the 10th hole.
4: If Kepka wins this, I mean, he's tied with Phil Mickelson for the most, for, for majors. Pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, he's it's, putting together. Yeah, it's not that people aren't, I mean, really impressed with what he's done, but you know you, there there's also the the being able to stay it's one thing to get to the mountain top it's another thing to be able to stay there and and that's really ultimately the ones that have staying power the ones that are really are are really held in high regard and he's in the process yeah. of trying to stay there and today would be a massive step forward in in that journey for him uh, were you i'll be honest were you disappointed that tiger finishes
0: well right now he's 10 shots back in the lead but that he only finishes top 20
4: yeah, I am, and and I'm I like hi. My name is Nick Ba, and I'm an irrational Tiger fan. So I will <laughs> yeah. let me just let me just say that right now. But if I mean you and I were doing a show on the Sunday where Tiger won the Masters just a, a couple months ago and if you would have told me remember we were talking about it, one of the things everybody talked oh boy the neck he got you got uh was it was a beth page black and you got uh, u.s open at uh, at pebble beach both courses he's won on he's he really likes look out could could a run be coming if you would have told me on that sunday that he was going to miss the cut At the PGA and then finish, uh, you know, tied for 20th or whatever in the US Open, I would have been disappointed. So I don't want to. I I feel like I am a little disappointed in how things have played out. What I find funny is what I thought, and I didn't think that Tiger
0: was going to win another major. So when he won the Masters, I was surprised. But realistically, when you look at the whole picture of his comeback, what I thought we would get is we would get a Tiger Woods that comes back and plays on exemptions and does. uh, he will always play the Masters because he's a Masters champion, and he'll play the Open Championship because he was a champion there. And you have a ten-year exemption when you're uh, when you win a U.S. Open, even though that ended up running out for him. But he still gets in, and and now he'll have an exemption because of his Masters win for a few years. But the point is, is I never looked at Tiger as a guy who would come back and be top five in the world again. Like That's right. where he was like – I thought it was like there would be a weekend that was his. Over those four days, it was magical Tiger, and we could all enjoy that time. I didn't think that we would be like, wow, Tiger's now going to be competitive in every major. And that's right. what's different for me is I, I thought maybe it would be a lightning in a bottle with one weekend like Jack did when he won the Masters at 46 in 1986. So Tiger's even – probably well he has surpassed my expectations because now we're expecting him and he's considered a favorite in in any major now that he
4: tees it up because my my thought was oh my gosh British Open last year at one point he was in the lead in the back nine and he finished tied for six and then oh my gosh PGA yep. Championship he finished you know, second and then he goes on and, and wins the Masters and then during during that time when he was, wasn't was closing out at the British Open and the PGA I thought well he just can't get that monkey off his back like winning that first one's going to be really really hard so in my beyond rose colored <laughs> glasses optimistic view it was like oh now he's won it he's got the monkey off his Blood back gates, now yeah. it's on it's going to be 2008 all over again you know I mean it's it's going to be 1997 all over again and I think it's proven to be eh, it's going to be a little bit more challenging than that although I do still as you said he still clearly has when he's good his good is still good enough to win but you know, there's some guys named Brooks Kepka and, and and Rory McElroy and, and Ricky Fowler and different guys that got a lot to say in that as well. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. It is Fox Sports Sunday
0: and coming up next I'll tell you a celebrity sighting that you would not believe. That's here on Fox Sports Radio.
6: From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are
9: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. It's getting good at the U.S. Open. I'm telling it you. It is. I'm telling you. U.S. Open final round. Whoa, geez, Gary Woodland out of the rough and is going to have a look at Birdie to try to extend his lead to two, which could be three on the 11th hole as Brooks Kepka has a par putt coming up on the 12th. If you want to see US open action, it is going on hot and heavy at or on Fox at Pebble Beach, although it's not hot there. It was earlier in the week. But yeah, 10, how, hot, how cold was it? I was up. Thursday and Friday we were at the course. We got up late Wednesday, so it was low sixties. But we had R- Ralph Irvin, who was just anchoring for us. He went up and covered it earlier in the week and said it was one of the hottest. And Ralph's very familiar with the area. One of the hottest that he has been there, okay. where it was okay. eighty degrees. I mean, it doesn't get eighty on the coast. Does not. And and it it was there, and it was nineties more inland. But the, very rare you gonna gonna have temperatures like that at Pebble Beach. This is more of what you're going to get is something in the in the high 50s to low 60s, and apparently today a little cool, some sprinkles as well. But for us, it was hovering around 60 degrees.
4: All right, I get to it, man. You've teased me. You teased me yeah. with the with the email. You, ever, you teased the audience. Give it to me. What who those, did you see? Do
0: you ever have one of those celebrity sightings that is maybe kind of cool to you, but like it's not like seeing <laughs> right? like yeah. Beyonce at the yes. cafe across the street? Do you ever watch Deadliest Catch?
4: I've I've watched like bits and pieces of it. Okay, I I know of the show.
0: Well, then this is really going to let you down because the discovery, like deadliest catch, has been the same episode for 14 years. But I still watch it. (laughs) They go out, they try to get crab. They don't know where they are, and then it's a matter of if they find it or not. But Captain Keith Coburn of the Wizard was at the U.S. Open, and I did not have the guts to go up to him and say, "Hey." Captain Keith, can I have a picture with you? It was so random. It was he was he was there as a spectator and it's not that it's like, hey, give him space. He's having lunch with his family, but right. it was like I'm like, wow, I always watch Deadliest Catch and they're in the, in the middle of their season right now and so I saw Captain
4: Keith of Deadliest Catch
0: it, it, at the uh, at the US Open. He
4: seems like one of those guys and you said like He's probably not well known enough that I don't think you would have necessarily been bothering, <laughs> bothering yeah, him, that's, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He did wear a wizard hat because that's his boat. So he had a wizard hat on, which gave it away even more. Okay. But I did what I did do is I I admittedly snuck a stealth picture so I could say, you know, to the people that I know yeah. that watch Deadliest Catch around here, I I'd say, hey, look at look at look at who was at the U.S. Open. Captain Keith from the Deadliest Catch. But you
4: got to be—I mean, being in LA, do you see? I mean, I think that's painted like in LA. Like you come around the corner, it's Tom Hanks, and then you go to the store, and it's George <laughs> was, Clooney. Like, is it really yeah. like what? Is it? Do you see a lot of celebrities there? You'll see
0: random stuff. I saw Scott Baio at the uh, <laughs> the the liquor store at the next block, buying products Beautiful. for uh, yeah yeah for his girlfriend at the time. So he was oh, behind me in good. line. I'm like, wow, Scott Baio's not that tall.
4: I. They, I wanted to at the, I was at, I was I called Eastern Michigan at Kansas this year in Allen Fieldhouse and Paul Rudd is a huge Kansas fan and he was sitting right behind the bench and at one point I was like I was close enough to him where I totally could have gone and said something to Paul Rudd but I'm like. What yeah? I'm what would gonna, you say? I don't know. What's up, Paul? Like big, what's up, Paul? Big fan. I you know I, I I didn't have any sort of good in other than just <laughs> hey, really th- really like your work. And so at that point, just just keep it moving,
0: right? Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Maybe maybe just a look and like uh, a head nod if you made eye contact at yeah, least, uh, what's right?
4: Up? Yeah, just an acknowledgement. Almost like if I would have been wearing a hat, you know, you just you know you you a little tip of the cap as uh, as a sign of respect. But I decided to just let Paul Rudd do his thing. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This has been Fox Sports Sunday.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
6: I thought
5: in that moment,
6: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
5: This is Uncanny USA.
7: He says, somebody's in the
2: house. And I screamed. <laughs> Zumo Zumo Play.